Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to Fuck You, We, we like, like the, the Bengals musical episode. I'm your host, Alex Schubert, and sitting across from me, as always, is my conductor, Lloyd Johnson. Lloyd Johnson. How you doing, man? I'm doing. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been a month of um, absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it hasn't changed a whole lot for me. Honestly. Really hasn't. Nothing has changed except my nightlife. <laughs> Your hair's gotten longer. It. I have legitimately not gotten a haircut in today's dates. The fourteenth, we're recording on the fourteenth. We normally release the episode on the fourteenth, um, but it has been two months and eight days. Uh, you think of coming to the dark side? <laughs> I, I've literally thought about that for a while, and I might. I might. So I think everyone should have it. For a little while. Like, I'm sitting here with my, my little man bun up top. <laughs> yeah. Like, my hair's gotten so long now, I can't just do the ponytail. No. Because even, like... Because I'd normally do a ponytail, but I'd fold it in half. Yeah. But now it's so long that it, like, goes down into my shirt and catches and shit. <laughs> so I've, I've had to, like, give in to the bun. And, uh... As much as I used to be like, why? I get it. I got yeah. It. I get it. It's like... I've thought about, like, growing it... Like, legitimately, like, growing it to, like... I'm going to use this frame of reference. McConaughey length. Do it. I, I've thought about it for a little bit. And I'm like, barbershops are closed. Salons are closed. My mom's like, I'll give you a haircut. And I'm like, I know. Because my, 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 both my grandparents, my grandma and my grandpa on my mom's side, cut hair for a living. But they're, they were, my grandpa died. And my, and this was like 13 years ago. And my grandma retired. So, and my grandma's in Florida right now. So I'm like, I'm fucked. Yeah. And I'm like, a- Mom, I don't want the mom job. I, I, I'm I'm like, I'm going to hear this one out. I'm going to see, like, what happens. I'm going to, like, figure out how much, like, conditioner I need, how much shampoo I need. I might do this. Do it. Go for I it. might, li- I've literally been deciding to do this as, uh, we've been, uh, conversing on the pod. I just got to figure out how to make it not frizzy. That's my thing. Um, we'll talk after that. 
I trust your expertise because you've been like, uh, you've had long hair for how long? Uh, I always grow it out, and then when it gets where I can donate 18 inches, I chop that off and donate it. Oh, hell yeah, to to Lloyd's of Love? (laughs) Something like that, yeah. To Um, to Locks of Lloyd? Yeah, my dad always did it. Locks of Love. My dad always did it, so after he passed, I was like, eh, my hair grows in super thick and it goes pretty quick, so. I, I kind of come from come from a, a blessed hair family, like, genetically, because my dad hasn't lost, he's 60. My dad does not look 60. My, my dad's dad is still alive. <clears throat> really? He's 80. So Lily's, uh, the ad reader of, of the group, uh, her great-grandfather. Yes. No shit. Yeah, um, and he still has a full head of hair. Wow. And it's still, like, it's mostly white, a little bit of gray left in there, but it's, uh... Yeah. It's, like, the thickest head of hair you've ever seen on an old guy. (laughs) You rarely see that. It's just, like, white and pretty much gone. Right, everyone on my mom's side, like, as soon as their hair starts going gray, it starts thinning down a lot. Oh, yeah. My dad's side, my grandpa, uh... His cousin is still up and kicking, and he has, like, the old man ponytail. Oh, no. Like, the D. Snyder look? Uh, I mean, not that creepy. Like, <laughs> he, I think he's a lawyer. Okay. But, uh, yeah, he's you know, just a sweet, affable, chubby dude with just this super nice, like, thick silver hair. Can't help but love it. <clears throat> so. It's almost endearing in a way. Yeah, like, my hair, I actually got mine thinned out with thinning shears. Okay. That's how I get mine. Right, because, like, every time I go to, like, the salon or the barbershop, they're like, you have a really thick head of hair, and I'm like, I know it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, like, you saw Lily's hair. Yeah. Like, she can only put a, she takes a ponytail holder, puts it in, twists it around once, and that's it. That's as yeah. much as she can get. That's as tight yeah. as she I mean, can. I didn't remember it vividly. Yeah, it's weird if I her, did. Like, her ponytail is, it's de- it's heavy, it's dense. Yes. Yeah. As is yours. Yeah. And runs in the family. Didn't know ran from the dad to the daughter. Apparently, I mean, everything in my family. Like, if you look at everyone on my dad's side, they all look the exact same. <laughs> like, I have a picture in the other room of my dad when he was in the military. When's Lily's beard going to come in? Well, she's anything like her mom. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'll stop. Oh, that's mean. <clears throat> no, she did one of those... Uh... I'll have to pull this up and show it to you. She did one of those things where it's like the... The guy app thing or whatever for that girl's. Oh, name. I've done that. It's so creepy. How much I garret- she, uh, how much she looks like you. It's. I mean, it's almost upsetting. Do share. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Just Lloyd's pulling this up. We'll share this on the story because I mean the episode's coming out tomorrow, which would be the fifteenth. Oh dear God. Right? <laughs> Oh dear God! Was I legit thought she was sending? <laughs> I, I That's so good. I thought she found like an old picture of me. Somewhere. I'm gonna take a picture of that real quick. That's... I can just send it to you. No, 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 no. Hold it up. Perfect. I wanted to take a picture of Lily's face next to your face. That's so good. <laughs> dominant trait you can have in the, in the <laughs> branch we have and it passes on to that's amazing yeah. i love that so much here's a here's a, a silly story for uh 
how much I look like my dad and my <laughs> my uncle looks like my dad. I was at Target over in Western Hills. Okay. And uh, it's when they first had the like the produce section and all that. And um, my my side job, I do electric work and stuff. We we're over okay. there, we we're over there. Fixing you said like renovate apartments and shit. Yeah, we were over there fixing up a four family building. And uh, so I go to Target before I head home, and this dude's walking by, and he just looks at me, and he goes, Dave's or Danny's? And I'm like, I'm sorry, who the fuck are you? Because <laughs> I like confrontation. And CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Like that sometimes. But, I mean, you are a former bouncer. Yeah, and, but he just looked at me and goes, Dave's or Danny's? I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> and he just kind of gives me like the air, like, calm down, like with his hand. And I'm like... Yeah, it's like, I mean, no harm. I'm just trying to see if you're a, a Danny. So I just stare at him for a second. He just goes, are you Dave's or Danny's? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, are you Dave's kid or Danny's kid? <laughs> I said, my, my dad's name was Dave. Why? He goes, oh, I knew Dave and Danny Johnson in high school, Finneytown. And I went, What? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, you look exactly like Dave or Danny did in high school. And I was like, that's unbelievable. Like, here's a guy I've never met before. He just sees me and goes, okay, that has to be. like, That's how similar me and my father look. That's unbelievable. I've just been recognized for doing stand-up, which is occasional. First place I ever got recognized, this is true, was on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It was a friend of Josh O'Neill's. Josh has friends. Yeah, I'm just as shocked as you are. All right. <laughs> Josh O'Neill, friend of the pod. I think he hates my guts, but that's fine. Oh, Chicago boy now, right? Uh, I think he moved back to Boston or something like that. Okay. I don't know where he is right now. but Last time I talked to him, he said something about going to Chicago. So. Yeah, he was. He moved to Chicago. You need a corner piece here, by the way. We'll address that in a little bit. It was there a minute ago. Oh, my bad. Uh, I must have kicked it off. Because um, Lloyd's doing a puzzle. Um... O'Neal, what were we talking about? Um, O'Neal being in Chicago or wherever he is now. Uh, oh! First person ever recognized me. Like, his friend Chelsea came to a show, and I think I matched with her on Tinder. This was like six and a half years ago. And she's like, oh my god, I saw you at, uh, at Go Bananas doing stand-up, and I'm like, that must have been me! And I actually think I did really well that night, which was really fun. That's fantastic. That's got to help. It, it did help. I, I We stopped talking forever ago. But 
You know, that's, that's the... Shit happens. I got a new lady now. It's pretty oh, nice. Yeah. You got a big-ass smile on your face. I <laughs> yeah. I hope so, she hears this, because that was... Uh, she probably will. She tunes into a lot of the uh, the open mics and and uh, some some of the trivia events I've been doing from my apartment. Well, whoever she is, she, uh, she definitely made you... Like, that was a big-ass smile <laughs> on your face when you said that. That was... Uh... It's been interesting, man. I mean, it's not official yet. I, I know my luck. But it's like, uh, right before the lockdown, um, we had like a, a few social distancing dates. Um, one time. Um, she said she's chill about that. So, like, we, we hooked up one time. Um, the next night I spent the night, and nothing happened because she was tired from the previous night. Good job, buddy. Thank you. Um... <laughs> She said she's chill, and I'll take her for a word at that. No, I, I, the smile was enough for me, but all right, all right, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. Like, uh, uh, but then I just got him a little quarantine. <laughs> Corn. Well, uh, you got we, a little quarantine and a little. Quarantine. I was gonna say quarantine, but I, I didn't know if that would work. I, I tried it. So. it. It works in jest. <laughs> Apparently, we're thinking a lot on the same lines at times now. Yeah, and then the next sun. It was like that Friday I spent the night at her place, and then Sunday. DeWine shut the state down. Yeah. So I'm like, shit. And she's like, she's been super responsible. And she's like, hey, I'm going to social distance for a while. And I'm like, I get that. So, and I'm like, I can't invite her over to a, to a place that I don't pay rent at, especially if she's trying to be safe. So I'm like, you know what? It's fine. We'll video chat a couple times a week. We'll text every day. Do more shit. It'll be good. Well, I'm, uh, I'm happy for you. Ah, we'll, we'll see how this plays out, man. Because I'm, again, I'm still cautiously optimistic. But I think things are good. I like it. Ah, thanks, buddy. Like the one, the one time we've hung out in person since the shutdown was we went to uh, Alt Park and just like had like a little social distance. Like she sat on one bench, I sat like it was like a fucking I Love Lucy, but like bench edition. <laughs> like she was on one bench, I was on another. We were like like five feet apart. Yeah, buddy, one just uh, I was talking to him the other day. And uh, he's went on two dates during the really? shutdown. Both times was at a grocery store. They, <laughs> they went shopping together, just walked like six yeah. feet away from each other and just had a conversation as they were shopping. Yeah. And I was like, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. Like, <laughs> yeah. How's that ever been a date for anyone ever? <laughs> but now he's done it twice. Really? It's like, oh, it's so romantic how we're getting toilet paper right now. Yeah, it's funny because the first girl set him up with the second girl. They, like, they really? Were, yeah, they were out talking. She's like, "I bet you and my friend would actually get along really well." Wow, that is a pro move. <clears throat> yeah, she uh, apparently they had very a couple of very strong differences in how they wanted things to go. But yeah, like, I yeah. bet you my friend would be really blah blah blah. And so they met, and he's texting me twice like, "Dude, this this chick's real funny and cool." Blah blah like. It's just, a, it's just a fun story to me of, like, going on dates at a grocery store. <laughs> like The second time me and the girl I'm talking to hung out, we were watching, um, we were at her place watching um, Lizzo's uh, Tiny Desk concert. Yeah. And then we, we kind of transitioned in a way to, um, because we found out uh, Truth Hurts, her song, you know, like, 100% of that bitch and all that shit. Yeah. Um, there was a Kids Pop music video. <laughs> We spent the next hour 
watching kids bop music videos, laughing our fucking asses off. It was awesome. No, that's that stuff like that's great. Like, uh, one of my be- one of my favorite moments. My, so my schedule at work has changed a bit. Okay, like they've they've rearranged the way we do it. So I end up with four days off. Really, from the zoo? Yeah. So I'm doing like uh, four days on, three days off, three days on, four days off. Oh, okay. So they switch. They put us in teams, so it's only two of us working together at a time, which has made it real. It's, it's rough. So basically, you're alternating days. Yeah. Um, like Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday. No, it's uh, it'll be like, so this week <gasps> I work Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, then you get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh. Yeah, and then next week it'll be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. So me and Rami, who I'd actually like to have on here because he's a, a huge football guy. Okay. Um, work together, and then Michael and Is Thomas. he a Bengals guy? Uh, no, he's a... I want to say Chiefs, but I'm like, I don't know. Who isn't nowadays? I think he's always, I don't know. I, I, I might have it wrong. But, yeah, he has a, but, and then Thomas and Michael work together. Thomas, who was on the podcast. Yeah, Thomas last month. Thomas Clackett. <clears throat> I also read somewhere that, it was, I was reading like an Ask Reddit thread about people who work in zoos. And I, apparently the animals are like confused that there's not a lot of people around. So they're like looking for more attention from the zoo workers. Would I be correct in saying that? Um, it's it's a hard one for me to answer. I think it's just there's less stimulus, there's less noise or whatever, so it makes yeah. you a little more curious, just in general, of like you know a little more. What's around? Yeah, I forget what zoo it was at, but it was an aquarium or something like that. But I saw that people um, let the penguins take a field trip because there was no. Do you have you seen this? Um, yeah, I don't know if those, so Cincinnati Zoo has been doing like a, a thing where they, on Instagram and, and what they'll, they do like a, a, you know, video every day of di- different stuff, show different things, whatever, so that you yeah. can still interact or whatever. And I know that they've, uh, like, if you haven't seen, there's a video where they walk, one of my favorite animals there, uh, it's a Red River Hog, they walk him around and he's like walking by the meerkat exhibit. Okay. And all the meerkats run up to one like one window to look at him as he's They're like other by. animals. And then as they cut between the zoo them, animals are at the zoo. And then as they cut between <clears> well, they're the customers two, at the zoo. As they as they cut between <clears throat> the two windows, the meerkats all run over to the other window just to see it walk by the next one. <laughs> and it's it's adorable. It's by the way that that <laughs> penguin field trip was at the Chicago um, <clears throat> the Shed Aquarium. Yeah, sheds over there, and then Lincoln Park Zoo's over there too. Oh hell yeah. Have you, you've been to the, the Atlanta one, right? The Atlanta yeah. Aquarium? Yeah. Insane. I got pictures when, when my friend Beth took me. It was the fucking shit. Yeah. Um, I think Atlanta, Baltimore, the like the one over by D.C., Baltimore. Yeah. That one's fantastic, too. Um, and then one of the only reasons to ever go to Gatlinburg is the Ripley's. Oh, okay. Theirs is really, like, the guy yeah. who they hired to do that. Yeah. He's, he knows that world so well and that's such a really like a good for for such a touristy little whatever town gallenberg yeah i don't i don't care for that feeling of that place like you know what i mean it's just too touristy yeah <clears throat> like is, was, it, is it like nash not like as crazy nightlife as nashville but like is it as touristy as nashville yes yeah, every bit yeah like nashville has a little bit of like soul to it a little feeling to it you know what i mean 
Well, yeah, because it's like country. It's country music central. Right, but Gallenberg, people go to Nashville to make it. Gallenberg feels like Kings Island to me. Yeah, I get that. Sort of like Mason. It's like Mason, Ohio. Or like, uh, would I substitute teach there too? <laughs> no, like uh, when I was in Europe, we went, we ended up going to Venice. Oh hell yeah! And Venice was, and I, I, we were there just at, like right after French Festival ended in Scotland. Oh okay. And, you know, I got to spend two weeks there at French, which was great. You know, front row at Jim Jeffries' concert, just free. Oh, fuck yeah. I saw Morgan Murphy in, like, an attic. Dude! Yeah, that rules! It was so many, uh, Kyle Kinane, Hannibal <sighs> Burris was there. Kinane, I'll, I'll probably say, because I've been kind of an, I'm a comedy album nerd. Kinane has my favorite album opener. <clears throat> it's from the album Death of the Party. Have you heard, have you listened to that album? Yeah. He goes, answer me this! Friends and viewing public, why is it that when I insist on getting my new pets from the animal shelter, people call me a hero? I'm rescuing those poor creatures. But when I insist on getting my new girlfriends from the women's shelter, all right, uh, I can't even. All right, <laughs> I'm not gonna spoon feed you the punchline. Yeah, uh, that's that one's great. And then uh, the other one I like was when he's in San Francisco. Okay. Um, that was was that Whiskey Icarus? No, I think it's a second special. Or it might be. It Whiskey was... Icarus was his second special. Because Death of the Party came out in 2010, and then Whiskey Icarus was like three years later. Alright, yeah. Um, it was either Wh- Whiskey Icarus or... It's not Loose in Chicago, because that one's in Chicago, but... Uh... Really? Really? What made you think that? I don't know. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I'm just good like that. But, uh, yeah, he, he starts off, he's like, San Francisco, the only place you can't ask the question... Is this a lesbian-friendly dog bar or a dog-friendly lesbian bar? <laughs> That's so good. And like, you can just see the crowd like, okay, little Popeye-looking fella, you better so, make this good. That's really funny. The death of the party was first. Whiskey Icarus was second. I liked his old stuff better was third. Yeah. And Loosen Chicago was fourth. Is this a dog-friendly uh, lesbian bar or a lesbian-friendly lesbian dog, dog bar? bar. <laughs> it's so and then, and then he, does, uh, he has a great joke about uh, <gasps> that documentary, The Bridge. Okay. Um, which is people jumping oh, off the, the Golden Gate Bridge? Yeah. I think I've seen like bits and pieces of that. It's fucking weird, dude. Like There are people that like videotape the, the Golden Gate Bridge year-round just looking for people, which is a weird concept. It's like, all right, I know you're depressed, but I think I got something. It's uh, it's a lot. Like I've seen the extended, like the the they, they put out like two different versions of it. How can you have an extended version of that? It's well, like it just, it just has a lot more. Yeah. Of the videos in there, like the guy trimmed it down from the original to like less less people doing. It. Yeah, that's oh, it fucking sucks. It's a bummer, but he does a joke about that, and he's like, "Yeah, I just did that in San Francisco." <laughs> But he's like, all those people that all those people that jumped off that bridge, no one just decided, no one thought, like, to add a little flip, like, no one wore a cape. <laughs> no one wore a suit and opened an umbrella at the end, a little Mary Poppins action. Like, and you can just, you can, you can see the crowd, like, split in half. That's so fucking good. And he's like, yeah, I just did that in San Francisco. That's like joking about 9-11 in New York. Yeah. It, he's a... Uh, He's so good. He's so I've been good. watching a lot of stand-up recently because I miss stand-up comedy. We'll discuss that. I miss going out to open mics and trying out new shit because I've been watching 
I've been trying to watch as much stand up as I can on Netflix and shit. Like, um, I told you, I brought this up pre podcast, but I watched uh, Eddie Murphy's Delirious for the first time. Yeah, I watched it uh, uh, maybe six months ago, and uh... you you were saying a lot of it doesn't hold up, and I'm like, I agree, but some of it's still very funny. Oh no, he, he's still so good. He's it's one of the absurd. funniest comedians ever. My favorite moment from that special, and I put this on Snapchat, was when was when a woman in the crowd. <clears throat> When a woman in the crowd shouted, do Mr. Rogers, and without missing a beat, another dude shouted, shut up, bitch! And he just, he dropped the microphone, walked to the back of the stage, and he turned around and had the biggest grin on his face. Yeah. It was he, so funny. I think one of the things about him is that he, he really, like, the willingness to embrace, like, silliness like that. Yeah. Really, like, made him so... Likeable, and it was so endearing of like how he was naturally. And mind you, and I feel weird saying this, but Eddie Murphy was very raunchy in that special. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Like watching it now, you'll cringe. Yeah. But mind you, an interesting thing to bring up: this was like 15 years after black people got rights. Yeah, it's it's. Am I okay to say that? By the way, I, I mean it's more than 15, but yeah, I got. I it was a little bit more. No, I know what you mean. But yeah, it was... Uh, 15, 20 years. There's stuff that he... he if you watch either of like his... Raw or Delirious, like the two biggest... Raw is not on Netflix. I, I think I have it on DVD if you want it. But, oh, uh, how, um, do you think I have a fucking DVD player anywhere? You have a lot. No, wait, no, Apple. Never mind. I have a little CD, imp- CD thing right here. Okay, well, yeah, then. I'm good. Yeah, a lot of that stuff just didn't really hold up all that much. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like him language. saying faggot a shit ton and uh, yeah, there's a lot. Where you're just like, ah, ah, like it's the numbers were pretty insane. Um, I looked this up on Wikipedia. I mean, you can trust Wikipedia always. I'm saying that actually not ironically. Wikipedia will tell you that 5G is causing coronavirus. <laughs> it is causing coronavirus. Get I read that on Wikipedia. Get out. Uh, 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 let's see. He said fuck 230 times and shit 171 times. That's unbelievable. Uh, uh, it depends. Like, I'm, like, Stan Hope's my favorite comic. Okay, Attell's mine. And he doesn't, Attell doesn't curse a shit ton. I mean, he curses about as much as a normal comic would. Yeah, uh, and... I'll say that... The amount that Eddie did it at the time made it a thing, but now, to me, it didn't sound too, like, when I watched it, it didn't sound out of place. It just sounded like a guy who uses that, like, yeah. almost as a transition for certain things. Yeah. But, yeah, the, I mean, uh, you kind of, like, group fucks and shits together, and... Yeah, but the, uh, some of the, some of the terminology that just, like, is not acceptable. Yeah, like him saying faggot a bunch, and... Yeah, he would like. I mean, granted, Eddie Murphy's put out Shrek, and you can't like take. You're like, no one watched Shrek because Eddie Murphy said fuck it a shit ton. It's like, no, but you it, can't it, take away Shrek. I mean, you know, just a few years ago, that wasn't a crazy thing to hear. Like yeah. I've always said about like comics saying the n word. I've always said this. Have I told you the the three kinds of comics that say the n word? I think so, but let me hear it again. The three kinds of comics that say the N-word. Black people, black comics. The best non-white comics. 
and the worst non-white comics. That's fair. It is fair. Because I've, I've seen, like, Stuart Huff pull it, like, Stuart Huff say it, but, like, it's in a good context, and there's a reason that they say it. I've seen CK say it. I've seen Artie Lang say it. Yeah. I, and granted, this this isn't, like, like really, like, oh, shit, I'm, there's a reason that I'm doing this. It's not to, like, get attention or any of that shit. Well, like I saw a, a set that someone recorded of Daniel Tosh's, and he threw it in a bit, but it 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 was key to that bit working. Yes, I re- I saw him um, at the Aronoff when he came with uh, Gerard Carmichael, who I think is one of the funniest human beings. So funny! His two specials on HBO, if you haven't watched them, are dude, love. I don't the get Star HBO. So good. I don't get HBO since I, I was it. in high school and was uh, was spanking at the side boob. I just picture you leaving like stalactites on a coffee table, <laughs> like on the underside of a coffee table, just sitting there. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, man, show show one little bit of a pubic hair. But yeah, no, Gerard's. But I remember what the I actually remember what the bit was too. He said. um... Something about how he would never say, the, like, I would never say the N-word into a microphone. Then he pulled the mic away and just said. So the one, the one I'm talking about, it's not that, but it's, it's uh, he's talking about racist people. Yeah. And to make, to make the point of one side of the bit, it really, it, it, it would have been weird if he didn't. If yeah. That, if that makes sense. But it was such a good joke and it was well written. And I think he never did it just because. Yeah, one of my it's when his Comedy Central show took off and all that. So yeah, Tosh Point now. Why why invite Um My two favorites I've ever heard. Mark Norman had one. Mike DeStefano had the other. You know Mike DeStefano? Chris DeStefano or Mike DeStefano? Mike DeStefano. Okay. Uh he died um shortly after Greg Giraldo did. I th- I'm probably gonna misquote this. I, I was just clarifying because Yeah. Chris DiStefano is a very funny comic because he's in New York. Yeah. Mike DiStefano has since passed on. But Mike DiStefano said, uh, someone asked him, he's like, would you ever say the, would you ever shout the N-word? And he said, only if I had a lot of money on the game. <laughs> it's like, come on, yeah, that's yeah. Um, And Nor- Norman had the other one. Where he's like, um, I was in New York the other day and I was uh, hanging out with this black girl. And a guy across the street is like, hey, he's like, whoa there, N-word lover. And I was like, whoa, using the L-word so soon? <laughs> That's such a good joke. Yeah, Mark Norman's, like, I've never seen somebody turn a crowd so hard. <laughs> he's, oh man, I love Mark Norman. Uh, he was up at Liberty Funny Bone. and uh, I went to see him. Yeah, I think Rand was with me, a couple other people. <laughs> and, uh. He made that crowd hate him. Really? In the first, like, 15 minutes. They were seething. (laughs) He shit all over everything having to do with that club, the place. He's like, you just built a fucking mall in the middle of uh, cornfields and you expect me to respect your stupid city? (laughs) Like, he just shit all over him for 15 minutes. And then dug himself out of that hole so well. By the end of the thing, everybody loved him. And it it was a great view of, like... The power a comic can have to to turn a crowd around. I wish I could do that. It's like it takes like it takes an insane stage command, great jokes to go 
Some of the crowd must have been like, I didn't like him personally, but I liked his jokes. Um, yeah, he, and that was a... We were talking to him a little bit afterwards, and he was like, I think it's the Creek in the Cave really kind of sharpened that piece for him. Have you been to the Creek in the Cave? I've never been to It's so great. It's But he gives, like, Big J a lot of credit, and... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Metzger. Oh, like the, the Legion of Skanks guys? Louis J., the first ever feature I worked with? Well, uh, Metzger's not part of that, but... He, like, he he isn't? Me- no. It's, oh, uh, so it's like Dave, Dave Smith, Smith, Louis, Louis J., uh, Big, Big J. J. Yeah. Louis J., Big J., and then Dave Smith, uh, but yeah, no, he was, me and him actually got off on a little tangent talking about White Precious, uh, Kurt Metzger's special. Oh, so good. I think that's one of the best hours that's been made, and... It is bull over laughing funny. It's, it's so good. It, it's so clever and so sharp. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, we gotta find a comedy tangent there. We didn't even talk about CK's special. Yeah, I, uh... We we talked about this a little before the a little podcast. Bit before. But, uh, it was seven ninety nine. It was like seven ninety nine to say that you say that you saw it, but it's like who are you going to tell? Because everyone's quarantined. Well, I think it was. This is my opinion. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I think it was a very shrewd business decision on his part. Everyone's home. People will likely buy it. Yeah, I think with as much trouble as he's been in people are going to be curious right but i think he also wanted to know what would it could it sell just coming off of his website he still has a following of course it will sell well i I think it was for him kind of testing the waters like how much damage was done yeah and i bet you he puts out another one in a year oh i guarantee you that crushes because there's a lot of bits that i've heard other comics talk about on podcasts when they've seen him at places and whatever and he didn't do a lot of stuff you've heard that he's been working on. So I think maybe he's holding an hour in his back pocket and sharpening it down. Oh, you love to see that. So I think maybe he... Uh, well, it's hard to sharpen it down now because everyone's quarantined. They can't do shows. Right. Well, I, I mean, I think that's what his, his plan was. I don't think he planned for... He didn't... No one plans for an epidemic. Certainly not our president. Yeah. We'll but we got a space force, so we won't we won't get into that. It, it's so fun. we'll leave politics off. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it was just a business decision of can this work? Yeah, because like no one's making money right now. Most, if not all, comedians, I mean, ones that put out specials and shit, like most of them don't have a source of income. Right. So CK is like, I'm gonna put this on my website. It's eight dollars. I'm gonna make a bunch of money. And have a shit ton of my back pocket just so I can feed my kids. I respect it. No, I, 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 I kind of hope it kicks a couple other comics into gear and they maybe. Yeah. Even if they just. Uh, I think what would be great for a lot of comics right now, and this is just me thinking like business brain. Yeah. Is if a bunch of people put out like 20, 30 minute specials that they just record. Right now, just jokes that they don't have, like, that don't fit into their hour. Like, it's, you know, bits they do that are kind of off theme of how yeah. they put a special together or whatever. Okay. And then put them out where you can buy them for five bucks. Because I'd buy them all day. There was um, there was a brief time, like, when I first started stand-up, I started, like, early 2012. There was a trend where comics were doing that. Like, Jim Gaffigan did it, Aziz Ansari did it, CK did it. Rebigly had his little... Was that Sleepwalk With Me? Or... No, he had, like, a little one he just released on... 
something, but it's comedians like were doing it through their websites. Yeah. Which, by the way, that was a bitch because I don't have Wi-Fi in my place, so that was a bitch to download. I don't watch it on my phone. Oh, I'll get you. I think I have a Chromecast of it, and then you can just send it to your TV. Man, I don't have that right now. Yeah, I don't have that set up because I don't have internet in my place. I've been using my hotspot on my phone and turning that on and just throwing on Netflix on my laptop. Makes for awkward Netflix and chill, Netflix and chill time. Well, if you have a laptop, can't you just do a HDMI? Okay. I could. Okay. I'm not using my HDMI cord right now, so I fucking might as well. I got like three of them over there. Yeah. I, I I run karaoke. I have an HDMI cable. I'm good. I just, man, I've I've talked to so many comics about this. I just miss stand up so much. Like, I'll put it this way: like uh, Blake and them just put out that thing they recorded. Yeah, at the I'm fucking. It. I'm buying it for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right now, something like that, where I know it's who's going on that show. Uh, Broerman was on it. Which, by the way, Broerman, one of the most underrated comics in the city. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's like, he's sharp. David Broerman, friend of ours. He's sharp. Very clever. But he keeps his mouth shut. Yes. He doesn't like, he's not out there like, hey, look at me. He's just like, he's just one of the guys. Same with Kyle Jansen. Yeah. uh, He's just one of the guys. He happens to be funny. He kills. I've seen Cal murder before. Cal's one of those dudes, if he knew how funny he was, he'd be dangerous. If he could believe that he's actually as funny as he is, yeah. He'd be dangerous. Like, he's... He's so good, but doesn't know it. That's what a lot of... A lot of people are better than they think they are, or not as good as they think they are. Yeah, I think some of the people that can just riff naturally and are used to doing it, like, in you know, their friend group or whatever and can riff and be funny, get a little bit ahead of themselves. Man. (laughs) I don't give a shit. He doesn't listen. But, you know, some people get ahead of themselves a little bit with that. But, like, in case of Rand is that funny. Yeah, he's, like, he's the the fucking riff master. Yeah. And then there's other people who kind of, I think, when they get comfortable doing that, they get a little bit too... Yeah, and maybe don't sharpen the jokes as much as they do. And there's guys like Blake or Cal or whatever who never realize how fucking funny they are. Blake's starting to realize. Blake Hannah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's been hit over the fucking head with it. Yeah! Like, the fact that he's not... I, I've never seen him do a set where I didn't laugh out loud. <laughs> he's amazing. But, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'll sit to a lot of shows where I kind of, like, do the... <laughs> like, Small chuckle. Like you do through my sets. And it's because I've seen everybody's, you know, I go yeah. enough mics. I, I see enough jokes that I, I'm not always like His, there's always just a little something different to each time he does. He little... delivers the shit out of them. And the, he writes them perfectly. Right. The the Xander joke, uh, there's been like The first time I times. ever heard that joke, I was at the Thompson house. There were like six people there. He delivered it. After the joke was done, I just heard Jay Armstrong lose his shit. A friend of mine went with me. That's one of my favorite bits. Yeah, a friend of mine uh, was in town from Seattle, and he went and we to go bananas, and Blake did that bit, and he almost got us kicked out. <laughs> like, at one point, uh, I think Austin Craig kind of looked over, and I'm like, put his hand over his mouth, like, shh, because he was like, dude, what the fuck? Did you tell me it was going to be like... Like, my body was blown away by how good everyone here was. 
because he goes to a lot of open mics and shit there. His his uh, his foster brother is a is a comic. What city? Seattle. Oh, okay. Um, they're from Eugene, Oregon, and they moved here for a little while. Now they're in Portland. Here is a killer scene. But uh, he was he was amazed by how good everyone here was. Hmm. But Blake just blew him away. Like he's the best comic in the city. I don't know how you could argue it at this point. You can't. Uh, he's. I mean, and that feels bad to say because of like Shalafu and Kia and all, like all these just monsters. Yeah. That deserve every bit of praise you could give them, but Kia's been doing it for like fucking sixteen years, and he just put out an album. Yeah. What? Which is great. It's so good. Yeah. He's it's, so it's fucking fun. five years overdue. But yeah, there's just something about Blake that. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to keep just. You, you know, suck Blake's dick once an episode. I mean, keep hitting that horn that hard, but God damn it, dude! Like that dude is so good. He's a like Lee Kimbrell, former host of the Pod, was like he was in his face one night. Weekend I was hosting. Blake fucking made me feel like I didn't exist as a comic when Anthony DeVito was headlining. I was another dude who's goddamn underrated funny. Dream Occupation is one of my favorite albums. That's so. Big. But he, but Lee looked at Blake and he's like, "You're a headliner. You're a headliner." I don't know how anyone. Again, it's one of those ones where it's so sharp and so refined that I don't know how you could argue it. You can't. Like you know, I, I again. I, do any of the listeners know who these people are? I don't know. I hope they do. Yeah, you hope they do. You hope they come to shows. If you don't, sometimes follow, you get on tangents. Yeah, like if you don't follow some of the people we're talking about, like get on social media right now. If you need some content, JTC podcast, Jesus fucking Christ! Like it's, that's it's they put out great content. It's Jeremy Johnston and Blake Hammond. And it, follow it the other podcasts: Rumble Lips, New Nasty Boys, our new one, Puzzle Buddies. Puzzle Buddies, yeah. We're, Lloyd we're, has we're, a goddamn Breakfast Club puzzle on his kitchen table right now. That's right. I uh, I am a I was a sucker to marketing. It's it's packaged. It looks like a movie, like a bigger movie box and it has blockbuster on it and whoever did the packaging the marketing marketing for the packaging props because you it have late fees for the puzzle <laughs> uh not yet but i'm sure i will you're just waiting for the puzzle coming to go out of it to go out of business yeah i was gonna say during the shutdown you know they might not they might not bounce back so but i can't wait for it i can't wait for stand-up to be back i can't wait for Sports, sports to be, back. be back. We'll get to that in a little bit. I mean, the draft is happening in a week and a half. We'll get to that. It's exciting as fuck. Um, we're gonna get to some other sort of exciting stuff. We're gonna get to some really exciting stuff because the Bengals signed some free agents or free agents or free free agents. Free agents. All right. So I'm gonna look this up. Um, Agenency. Is that what it is? Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Agam. Yes. Yes. Uh, the Spartan. Um, all right, so, um, okay, free agent. Agent? Agent. Magenta. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss this after the ad reads. Magenta. So, this is our first ad for, um, unrestricted free agents. Unrestricted free agents are players with expired contracts that have completed four or more accrued seasons of service. They are free to sign with any franchise. Undrafted free agents are player eligible for the NFL draft. 
but who are not selected, uh, they can negotiate and sign with any team. That's a new concept to me. Yeah, as I said, most of my football experience has been a Bengals fan, so... Yeah, so we're like... I have no idea what this concept is, or what this... It's a new concept. We'll discuss it. You know what You know what? sports concept isn't new? Gambling. It's not. It's not a new concept. And it's so fun. And where would you go to gamble? Where Maybe a I website? Go? I bet I would. What would the website be? Um, if I had to pick... If I had to pick... I'd say my bookie. I'd say my bookie as well, right? Yeah, I'd say my bookie as well, because I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season, if it happens. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a, bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you if you are if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, if the season happens, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag to mybookie.ag today. And if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to act to double your cash. So double it? Double, 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 double. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you, you get, get paid. paid. Uh, you don't get laid, you get paid. Well, no, if you get paid, you probably... You could get laid. Yeah. If you made enough money, which you could do on my bookie. Um... We have a couple others. Um, if you happen to lose on my bookie, which it happens with gambling, I've lost on some websites. Yeah, and so, say someone comes banging on your door with a gun, begging for money, you need to feel protected, wouldn't you, Lloyd? Absolutely. Yes, you absolutely would. You know who I would use? Who's that? Uh, I would use SimpliSafe. I would use SimpliSafe to protect me. You know, home security for when. For when the bookies come for your money, start you know talking about breaking legs. And all yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need someone to yeah. be, in your, be in your corner. There was a um, you ever seen Julian McCullough? Yeah, he had this old bit about Jeopardy. It was really funny, where it's like you've seen people end with negative money. It's like, does Alex Trebek come to your front door? It's like, is there going to be a problem? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Julian, I haven't seen Julian so fucking long. Yeah, that's funny. He told me one of my favorite things I've ever heard of comics tell me about like moving and shit. He said New York is where you go to get good. L.A. is where you go to things. sell it. That's uh, yeah. Um, damn it. Uh, never mind. I, I to me, it's a Julian McCullough or a Julian McCullough quote. He was uh, cool as shit to uh, hang out with. I was trying to remember what Rojo Perez said. Oh. Man, and, I haven't uh, seen Rojo in so long. Dude, he's so good. He has a bit about me, actually. I wish he would feature for Sean, for Sean Patton. He did. No, I wish he wouldn't, still. Oh, I, I think that kid will... He's so good. Like, I, I saw him with uh, Tone Bell. Oh, okay. And I took them both to the zoo. Where was... Tone Bell had a, a sitcom for... Bit, yeah, didn't he? he was on um, Disjointed, or what was that show on Netflix? Oh. He was a security guard. It was uh, Kathy Bates, whatever the... I think it's called Disjointed. Uh... Sounds so goddamn funny. Fam, that's what it was. 
It was on uh, like CBS or some shit like that. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, I was. I was... He was uh, a bartender on the sitcom Whitney. Yeah, but we uh, are uh, digressing a lot because we have yet to read for Simple Safe because those bookies are going to come for our money soon. Make sure that doesn't happen uh, with home security. There's two ways you can go about protecting your home. First way, you know what? One of what, what, what the first way is, Lloyd. Buy a tiger. Okay, there's three ways. That <laughs> bitch, Carol Baskin. We didn't even just we didn't even discuss tight. Okay, we're gonna make this brief. Did you watch it? Yes, I did too. We, we don't have to discuss it. I feel like the the mayhem's gonna die down because everyone's seen it. All we've right. all we've all heard the takes. One, th- my only thing I need to say about this right now. Say it. No, stop say it. calling him a zookeeper. <laughs> I'm a zookeeper. That's like calling Carol Baskin a widow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was good. Thank you. <clears throat> no, it's like calling you know Jeff Lowe a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, every time they said the word zookeeper in there, I, I like I would cringe because what they're doing that's not those aren't zoos. No, they are breeding and it, it's just a different thing. Just know that that hurts because you're a big zoo guy. Yeah. You work at a zoo full time. Yes, I have He's for fifteen just, years. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we digress. Uh, the first way that's not a tiger is the traditional way. The traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, SimpliSafe. SimpliSafe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection. Two-time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Award. SimpliSafe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. You barely notice it's there, but what's truly remarkable is you can set up this system all by yourself while Lloyd takes a pee. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops. And there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice, 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls SimpliSafe the best home security system. So go to simplysafe.com slash team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash team that's simplysafe.com slash team. And now that you're now that you've made a lot of money with my bookie. Yeah, you got it safe and you, you got it safe stuffed in the wall and it's safe. Yeah. But let's say, you know what, I'm tired of winning all this money and sitting on my ass. Um because I made so much money with my bookie. Um I need I, I wanna get out there and work again. I mean, I know I'm sitting in this mansion right now that I've with all the money I've made from my bookie. But you know what? I want to go out there and I want to do something. Everybody needs a purpose. Yeah. And uh, you know where the best place is to find a job? LinkedIn Talent Solutions. LinkedIn? LinkedIn. LinkedIn Park. That joke's been made a million times. Uh, my favorite's Joy Diaz. On, on on one of the podcasts, he's talking about getting the emails from LinkedIn. He's like, "I don't know what the fuck a LinkedIn in the LinkedIn in it is." 
Man, I've heard you've you've said that Joey Coco's a murderer, right? Oh, dude, his specials—he's got like two recorded. They're nothing compared to him live. Him live is just a—it's an anyone live. It's the difference between watching a video of a roller coaster and being on a roller coaster. Yeah, and Joey Coco is the roller coaster. Yes, he—it's him live is something different. You gotta love it, man. I don't even know how to explain it to you, other than. If you have the opportunity, do it. Once the quarantine is over. I'm sick of hearing that word so much. I'd, I'd risk the coronavirus to see. <laughs> Who else would you risk the coronavirus to see? Um, Besides a pastor in a church. Which, that's bullshit. You uh, are about to make my eyes bleed. <laughs> uh, there, there has not been anything in the past ten years... That has baffled me in the way that this, this, a friend of mine sent me pictures of a church service on Easter Sunday where they had everybody pull up in their cars. I saw that. And they're like pulling in, listening in on the radio and shit. Yes, but they're all sitting, well, he's, he's, he's sitting up there with a microphone and a bunch of speakers and they're pulling into parking spaces, but not like every other. They're all parked side by side with cars full of people with all the windows open. Oh, God. It's like, just go inside, you fucking idiots. Like, you're <laughs> what are you going to honk six, for Jesus? I'm saying you're less than six feet away from the fucking people in the parking space next to you, you fucking leptons. <laughs> like, I, oh, God damn it. Like, anyway, LinkedIn. Uh, my buddy Rami had to like, give me a pat on the back. Like, it's going to be all right. <laughs> anyway, LinkedIn. Um... <laughs> Weird segue into, hey, you're hired. Uh, When it's time to hire, I know that finding the right person for your company can be challenging. This is especially true in a small business where every employee truly impacts the organization. So when you are ready to find that next hire, LinkedIn can help. Uh, LinkedIn Jobs matches your role with qualified candidates so you can find the right person quickly. Uh, LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with 675 members worldwide times a million. 675 million members worldwide. Did that on purpose. Um, LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person faster. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond just hard skills. And put and and put your job post in front of qualified candidates every day so it's seen by people looking for jobs like yours. That's why companies rate LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform um, for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit LinkedIn.com slash team. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash Lloyd team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. So just a couple of personal reference or you know, uh, stories related to LinkedIn. Uh, one of the curators at the zoo got hired off of LinkedIn. No shit. Which is a very very specific job. And yeah. And my friend, a friend of mine who recently moved to town, uh, he moved when his dad moved here, and uh, he is a overseas consultant for auto parts. Okay. That's how he got hired, too. He makes almost a million dollars a year. Off of LinkedIn? He got hired from LinkedIn. Fuck yeah. I'm going to have to do that for, like, education and shit. Because, um, 
Like, I worked mainly in the Mason School District. I've started working – I well, prior to the lockdown, I worked in Forest Hills a lot because um, it's my home school district. I loved it a lot. I was able to reconnect with my old teachers, which was fucking awesome. Um, but I feel like if I have a LinkedIn profile, I'm like, hey, I substitute teach right now at Mason City Schools and Forest Hills. Um, I guess I could, like, get a fucking profile and maybe get fucking hired and – they see that, hey, I do this for a little bit. I'm, I look like, I mean, my profile makes me look like kind of, I guess, like a cool, relatable dude. I don't fucking know. But <laughs> I've also wondered, like, I, I had a talk with uh, my folks about, um, like, social media as far as, like, how it helps your professional life. Because I posted a joke on Instagram where I made a, it's an old joke where I make a scissor pun. And my dad's like, that's controversial. Which, first of all, it's a pun. It's not controversial. Is it dirty? Yes. But it's and a pun, so. It's a pun. But it's like, it, like you got to clean up your social media profiles. I'm like, I have nothing to hide. I have one picture where I'm drinking. I am 26 in the picture. And it's just me and my brother at a bar. I have dozens and dozens of pictures. <laughs> you still work at the zoo. Uh, that I hope never see the light of day. <laughs> and uh, so far, so yeah, good. been good. Yeah, I mean you got a, I mean you got a LinkedIn profile with it's like, <laughs> I mean you're not hungover like how's it going, camera guy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'll be honest, one of my uh, zoo badge, like the, the badge. Please wear, finish this sentence. So when I started the zoo, I was. Young. Okay. I've been there 15 years. In June. Yeah, 15 years in June. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> the second time they redid the badges, I ended up coming in on a day that I was not scheduled to work originally. <laughs> and I had been out with comic buddies, and then I went to hang out with some of, some of my friends that were in town playing a show. That weren't a band, and I went to bed at 4 a.m. <laughs> and I got up at 6 a.m. to go and. Oh, there have called. been days where I substitute taught on like two and a half hours sleep. Like my plan period, which is like for a substitute teacher, is dick around on your phone, right? As opposed to first and third through seventh, which is dick around on your phone with kids in the room. So. The the day I, go, I literally it was like I went to bed at like almost four right around there. <laughs> I get a phone call and I actually woke me up and I answered and they're like, "Hey, we need you to come in." Blah, blah, blah. And the day I was there, security calls and go, "Hey, you have to come to your new badge." <laughs> so my hair was in that in between, like I just cut it off and donated <laughs> it like six months before, so it was just at that like yeah length where I should be wearing a hat. Yes. And they made me take my hat off. Yeah. So my hair is just like Gary Busey ish, like just everywhere. Like, <laughs> and I look as hungover as a human being can be. <laughs> and that was my. Did you have like bloodshot eyes? And my eyes were red. <laughs> my my face looked like I didn't know how to like have expressions. Like my face was just like like that. If if the sound. Uh, could be expressed in a facial gesture. That, that's what my face looked like. That's <laughs> so good. And that was my zoo badge for like six years. <laughs> that's that like picture. that Chad Daniels like 
Because I saw Chad's old license where he just like had this like just had the worst look on his face. Yeah, it was. Uh, it couldn't. They couldn't have picked a worse day. But hey, you have to come do your. <laughs> they just knew. It's like we're gonna fuck with Lloyd. Like I, I was standing there when they were ready to take the picture. And I'm like, I smell like. <laughs> I'm sweating pure rum. Right like it was not warm outside, and I was sweating. <laughs> like I'm, I was shiny in the picture. <laughs> I can't get over this. From sweating, like, yeah, I, I had drunk sweats, like, <laughs> so it, it's like February, and my head's like glistening, sweating, <laughs> my eyes are fucking red and barely open, my face, <laughs> my face Please looks like I- show me this picture. I'll, I'll try and have it here for next time. It's hanging up in the commissary where I work. At, oh my god, I, just I, like I, Lee's- Drunken, disorderly conduct picture. <laughs> yes, it's it's so much worse. Oh God, I can't wait to see it. <clears throat> and it was literally on my badge for like six. Text years. it to my ass, dude. I, yeah, when I I don't have a picture saved, but I'll, I'll I, oh, I have the badge so still. Fucking good. But it it was so gnarly. Like the dude taking the picture kind of gave me like that. Like, sorry, man. Kind of like look. <laughs> he just knew. It's uh, unfortunately it was a couple years before White Cup got there. I wish it was him that took it because oh. I feel like I would be a bit in his act right now. Like it was so noticeable that I was not okay. I love White Cup. That everybody man. in the security office is like, <laughs> hey, that, like, you asked for this. Yeah, they all had that like, sorry, man, kind of like vibe to them. Everybody had that like, uh, my bad. <laughs> But yes, that was my picture on my badge for like six years. That's could, awesome, dude. It could not have been worse. That's fucking great, man. It was so good. It, and I, like I said, I, I hung the badge in, in the commissary where I work. It's, 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 That's great. It looks so gnarly. I look like I'm going to die. <laughs> I've, luckily, I haven't had that. Um, but we are almost an hour in. And we haven't even discussed the Bengals yet. No, not at all. So what about this? Just free... Agnets. Agnets. Uh, free Agamemnon. All right, free agents. I want to take a step back. Yes. Please do. We discussed this before the podcast. Alex was like, oh, I got a great way to lead into the free agency thing. And I was like, oh, here's what I'm thinking. And I was like, I'm just going to not know how to pronounce free agency. And his face drops completely <laughs> to, like, dead. And he looks at me and blinks a couple times. He goes, that's exactly what I was going to do. Yes. It was beautiful. So it's like, like twice today we've had great that. minds think alike. Great autistic minds think alike. <laughs> yes, retard power. Um, hey, no, non typical. <laughs> I always say retard American. So I have a, a my diagnosis is high functioning neuro non typical. Mine's just Asperger's. That was my diagnosis when I was we're, getting, and I don't think the term even exists anymore. Yeah, it does, but we're we're. If you can't tell, me and Alex are on very different ends of the spectrum. We're both on the spectrum. Like, we uh, we discussed this a little bit before the podcast, but um, one thing with Asperger's <laughs> is that I have perfect pitch. Which is, if you look up the statistics on it, so many people that have perfect pitch, like a, a really, really high percentage yeah. of people that have perfect pitch are on the spectrum, but yeah. they're on his side. Yes, on my side, which is Whereas, like high-functioning Asperger's. Right, whereas the other side of, if I hear a minor vocal difference, yeah. how you're speaking, 
You'll notice. I'll notice it, but if you sing in the wrong key, I have no idea. I can – one of my quirks is – and we'll discuss the Bengals in a second. We've gone off on a fucking tangent. Um, hey, you know what? We've been quarantined. You yeah, know, we've been quarantined. Okay? Yes. <laughs> and so are you. You've got nothing better to do. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing better to do. Yeah, what are you doing right now? You um, home from your, your, your non-essential job? Your non-essentials? <laughs> um. But this is like my, one of my mom's favorite party tricks. Like, I, if you play a note within reason, obviously, not like dog whistle shit. But like, if you play a note that's like on most of a piano, I can identify exactly what that note is. Yeah, I. Uh, and it helps singing too, because I've been singing my entire life. No, it's uh, the song we did for this. The, the it was Kung Fu Fighting, right? You were doing such a good job. Like, I was like, I can't even. That's why I just did the... Yeah. I rarely get I rarely get a chance to like show off my vocal chops. Yeah, Mr. Uh, sing the national anthem. I've done it twice. I did it at a Florence Freedom game last July and a Mason High School basketball game. It was actually senior night. Like they were introducing all the seniors like, "Hey, let's have this substitute teacher of ours sing the national anthem." And then I got a couple woos when I hit my high note and it was awesome. Right, I'm the person where if I sing happy birthday at like a five-year-old's party, they cry. <laughs> happy birthday. No! Shut up! My ears hurt! Uh, yeah, to quote the, the inevitable Jimmy Popeye Lee, I sing like an amputee. Can't, uh, can't, can't carry, carry a tune. tune. <laughs> yeah. So we digress. Uh, free agency. What the fuck happened last week? Uh, the Bengals. Hey, they, said it right. Yeah, we said it right. We figured it out. We looked it up. Smart guy. We uh, we looked it up. We're finally talking to the Bengals. Eight signings? Eight. Eight? It was, okay. Uh, DJ Reader, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, Von Bell, Xavier Suafilo, the linebacker from the Ravens. What was his name? Jordan Lyles? Or whatever the fuck his name was. Um, the linebacker for the Ravens. We are looking this up because we are not responsible people. Yeah, why? why? Uh, okay. Bengals transactions. Bynes from the Ravens. Sims... Uh, the defensive back. Thomas, the wide receiver. Mike Thomas. Torrey McTire re-signed. Mackenzie Alexander signed. Nick Vigil signed with the Chargers. Um, Franchise tag on Green. Franchise tag on AJ Green. You gotta hope he's healthy. I. He will. He more than likely. From the one interview I saw, it, it seems like he wants to be here still. So he does. That's good. I think he said like he wants to retire as a Bengal. Re- retire as a Bengal because it's the. I think he said this in an interview. It's the first team that gave him a chance. Yeah. And it, <clears throat> we've alluded to this because last episode, and someone mentioned this on Twitter to us. We didn't even get. We didn't even allude to free agency. Yeah, I, not at all. Why would you even think? I've been a Bengals fan for. I've been a Bengals fan since the first year I remember watching Bengals was 2003. God damn, I forget how young you are. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm a a child. 
bright faced little puppy. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get one girl. I get one girl through the quarantine. Uh, one girl through the quarantine, and all of a sudden, I just had the biggest shit eating grin on my face. But they got what were we talking about? The eight free Agamemnon's. Agamemnon's. Agamemnon signings. Yes. No, we didn't even address that in the last episode. Uh, no, because we didn't expect them to do anything. Nothing. No one would. No one who's been a Bengals fan would ever expect that they were gonna. We signed a defensive tackle who can like who's younger than Gino who can like basically shore up that defensive line, make it. The well, Bengals have to go four three because their linebackers are so thin. Well, they picked up one. They picked up uh, DJ Reader. They have Geno Atkins and Dunlap still. Clock is fucking ticking on them. No, I mean they picked up one linebacker that'll be uh Bynes. For sure ready to play. Yes. We have two guys waiting in the wings that should be starters. For linebacker? Yes. Jermaine Pratt. Pratt and then uh Not Hardy Nick- on the other Not Hardy Nickerson. Uh the kid they moved down to the practice squad because he was kind of Injury yeah, that's where that's where the Bengals are at with their linebacker position. They're so thin that they're moving guys from the practice squad to the starting lineup. Well, there's a guy they bumped down to the practice squad last oh, okay. year <clears throat> because of injury, but he, he's projected to be fairly decent. Yeah. Um, and then this draft class is pretty linebacker rich. Yeah, there's a guy from Appalachian State. I'm going to look this guy's name up. There's also a kid from Coastal Carolina. There's a kid from... TCU, uh, there's a bunch of guys that are projected to go like third through sixth round that are um, in, in another draft would probably be... Akeem Davis-Gaither. Yeah. That's the guy that we're looking at for, I think, the third round pick. Yeah. But, so, we'll get to the rest of the picks in just a second. We'll discuss the first pick, because we've discussed this on past episodes. You think the Bengals should trade. It's... A foregone conclusion that no trade is going to happen with the first pick. No, I don't think. Uh, seeing how they went after free agency, yes. I think one the the new CBA had a, a a bit of a push towards them spending more. Yeah, but I think Burrow's is an inevitability at this point. Burrow is going to be a Bengal next Thursday. Yeah, I think that's just it, – it, it's just going to happen. So we kind of have to structure how we look at it through that lens. Yeah, and the more – I mean, because <sighs> no one's telling us what to say. No, Like, we're just two dipshits with opinions. Right, and microphones. Yes, and microphones. We're actually – like, no one's paying us. We're just doing this for free. But um, I've been watching, like, ESPN clips of, like – People are like tr- – they tried to push the narrative that maybe the Bengals could make a move. And you were – I mean you were pushing for a little bit. I, I Honestly, it's still what I would prefer to see. Okay. Just because I don't have – again, I'm a science guy. I'm an empirical data brained yes. person. <clears throat> I have one year of college games to evaluate Burrow on. Okay. To me, it's it's not enough. It's granted, not enough to base a franchise off. Of. Granted, it's the greatest season any college quarterback has ever had. Right, but you know, before that, who was the greatest? Tebow. I don't know. 
Tebow had one of the best senior seasons that anyone in college football. Tebow's ever had. mechanics were fucked, though. He was a dual threat quarterback who could have been a tight end. <sighs> Burrow is a pure quarterback. Tebow was like he's an X factor. But Burrow's also a pure quarterback who probably should be a golfer. <laughs> I don't maybe a bowler. Okay. But my thing with Burrow, and I was talking with Billy DeVore about this right before, the thought of Joe Burrow, a Heisman Trophy winner, maybe the best college season ever, incredible personality, swagger, skill set, It ha- the thought of Joe Burrow on this team could save the city. It, abs- it, it could. It, yes. And I, will, I will not take that away. From anyone on I've also brought up Joe Burrow could be the difference between the Cincinnati Bengals and the St. Louis Bengals. He could also be Brady Quinn. He could, and that's with every quarterback. That's like, because you know the last LSU quarterback to go number one overall? John Marcus Russell. Yeah. I mean,. What do I see in Burrow that I don't see in Jamarcus Russell that I don't see in Achilles Smith? Achilles, okay, because remember what happened in the 99 draft, the year the Bengals drafted Achilles Smith? Yeah. The Saints were going to offer their entire draft to the Bengals. But the Bengals were like, no, we want Achilles Smith. And Achilles Smith ended up being a bust because he didn't work hard. He was like, I mean, he had those physical tools, but he just didn't, didn't work hard. Hello. Um, but Achilles Smith just didn't work hard. And then the fucking Joe Burrow comes in. He's like, he's, he's literally saying all the right things. He's like, I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to be happy to play for anyone. And Bengals included. Like, this, the narrative of him saying he doesn't want to be a Bengal, it's, a, it's completely made up. No, it's not. Uh... You don't, you don't think so? No, he absolutely said it. When did he say it? Um, God damn it, I can't remember the guy's name, but he has like the... All the ESPN clips that go to YouTube, uh, there's a guy who is on all... Is he uh, the guy that's saying like, um, I want to play for a team that wins? Yes, but he also... Uh, people, I feel like people misconstrued watch, no, that. If you watch that, it's definitely got like a nod of like, <clears throat> I know what they want to happen. And he kind of hints... He mentions Eli twice. Okay. And In what context? Because Eli famously didn't want to play for the Chargers. Right. And he got his wish. He doesn't mention that specifically. But he does bring up Eli twice, which makes me think that's what he had in his head. But where would Joe Burrow go? The other, the two other destinations that Burrow could have gone. He's going to be a Bengal. Let's throw that out there. Right. Miami, who is a... who They're in fucking purgatory. They are in football purgatory. So I don't know what the difference is between – I don't know how Burrow being a Bengal and Burrow being a Dolphin is, is him being – what is what's going to make him a superstar. Well, so here's the difference. Does he want to be a superstar or does he want to be rich? He wants to be both. All right, but let's just say he signs with Tampa Bay. What kind of deal – it would be the biggest deal that anyone's ever made for a quarterback. Tom Brady just signed with fucking – Tampa right, well, that's what I'm saying, because they know they're, they don't have a shot at Burrow. Yeah. They don't have enough to offer the way Miami would. Yes. 
and Miami, Miami has three first round picks. To... Miami has come out and said that they don't want to give up the farm for Joe Burrow, which they have to say. Yes, but if they're willing to, I don't do think it. they are. No, I, I don't think they are either. They but... they aren't, and the Bengals aren't moving from the first pick, despite what every sports pundit. Everyone that's like the higher ups of ESPN are like, make this a story because nothing is happening in sports right now. So they're desperate for a story. <clears throat> like CBS Sports came out with a mock draft yesterday. They, I think they've since changed it. But they're like, Miami's going to trade up to the first pick and they're going to draft Joe Burrow. Like that was their bold prediction. And then the next day they're like, no, this isn't happening. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it happening. But there's still some piece of me that kind of hopes it does. It's not going to. I know. It's not going to. That's what I'm saying. I, I fully accepted that it won't. Yes. There's just still that dreamer in my in my head that wants them to... I would like to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl. And the Bengals can't do that knowing the Bengals without a superstar quarterback. Right, but I don't know that Burrow is that guy. Well, the Bengals could build around Andy Dalton. Like, Dalton's a good quarterback. He's he's been a good quarterback for a long time. He's a good quarterback. But there's... He's not going to take us to the Super Bowl. And a Dalton-level quarterback won't do that either. But I don't You need that guy. Uh, To me, I mean, you need... You have to gamble with Joe Burrow. I, I, I... Again, I completely understand. I think it's a gamble worth trying. It is. You have to. But I'm also a person who I don't like to gamble. <laughs> but you, you you use my bookie all the time. Uh, right. I'm just saying, yes, <laughs> for fun. Yes. If, if I was trying to build a team, that's not how I would go about things. I, I am I am science brain. I, am, I want numbers. I want data. What I, want... I see happening with that is if you get the three picks... You don't get that quarterback that can push you to the next level like Burrow can. You get three players who will push you to 10 and 6. Okay, I don't care about next season as much as I care about you take the top three offensive linemen in this draft. You take the Joe Burrow of two years from now. You take the 2020... You don't even know who that is yet. Right. That's what I'm saying. You take the 2020... The only quarterback we know after this year is fucking Trevor Lawrence. Right. But that doesn't mean there won't be one. There there will. Because quarterbacks pop up all the time. So, in my opinion, you build the foundation, then you put the stars. You know what I mean? You, you, you put a, you build the pyramid, and then you make it shiny. Which is what the Browns tried to do before they brownsed it up. Yes. And, you know, don't forget who's at the top of our organization. The what? Who's at the top of our organization? Mike Brown. Who? The king of browning it up. Yes. The king of browning it up. I, I agree with that. Again, we've alluded to this in the past, but the day Mike Brown dies, that Facebook thread is going to be Unbelievable! Yeah, it's going to be the most hateful and, <laughs> and likable thing you ever see in one. Again, I just have that, you know, I have that conservative nature of build it from the bottom up. 
You know, I mean, I, 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 in high school, I was doing construction. You start with the foundation, you go. Like, okay, so here's what the Bengals have right now. They have, all, in all likelihood, Joe Burrow. Right. Then one of the best running backs in football. And one of the best receivers. And one of, provided he's healthy. If, if you have a healthy receiver core, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd in the slot, John Ross is your deep threat, which I'll get to John Ross in a second. We also just drafted a, or a free agency pickup. Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas, who's... But then, why did you see four? One of the most underrated receivers in the NFL, Auden Tate. Absolutely. And Alex Erickson is a solid five. Uh, as far as a returner, maybe one of the top One of the best. Guys. And you got Brandon Wilson who can like fucking come over and... To, um, return shit in case Alex Erickson gets hurt. Right, so uh, that part I'm not so concerned okay. about. So when you get to your offensive line, you have Jonah Williams coming back. You, you've never seen him play. I'm a little higher iffy on Jonah Williams. You haven't seen him play. From what I hear, from what I remember from last year, football nerd and works his ass off. Football nerd works his ass off, got tricked a lot in college. Okay. Granted, he played for one of the best schools in the country, so you're going to get tricked a lot. I hear, he, I hear, like Burrow, he prepares his ass off for games. Right. I, I, I'm, I guess I'm cautiously optimistic on him. You're cautiously optimistic about every Bengals pick because right, you that's, that's you could end up with Willie. You could end up with Anthony Munoz or Cedric Ogbuey. Right. So I, I guess want to say he's an unknown to me still. Yes. Uh, yeah, of course. Like, if if the if this was the most boring draft the Bengals ever had, where they just picked up four offensive linemen in the first four pick, I They would did that it. in 2015. And uh, how did 2016 go? 2015. No, I'm saying, how did 2016 go, though? <laughs> not, not well. That was... Or tw- the 2016 regular season was the first year since 2010 that, did not, that, they, did, that they did not make the playoffs. Okay, I guess maybe uh, I should have sharpened the point on that question. Okay. What was the biggest criticism against them? They didn't play the new guys that they got. They didn't use the weapons they had. Because <sighs> that was at a time when Marvin Lewis was still the coach, and they were all about stability. Right. But That's why they signed Bobby Hart to a goddamn extension. I'm just saying, they had these offensive line people just sitting on a bench and guys who were failing miserably at doing their job following year, all of a sudden they go from what? 26 to 12th as far as offensive line. When they start finally playing the guys they drafted. Yeah. But then, um, cause do you even know who the other offensive lineman was that they drafted after Cedric, Cedric way, Jake Fisher. And he didn't okay. pan out. He was a gamble. Yeah. I mean, as is every draft pick. And again, well, I'm just saying if that guy had panned out, like with his athleticism, it was a Marcus Hunt kind of pick. Like, yeah. You know, uh, my buddy worked at Ignition Sports, and he worked with Marcus Hunt for a while. He's like, this is the most freakish athlete I've ever worked with in my life. I don't doubt it at all. He's an NFL star. He said he was six foot eight and could do a flat-footed backflip. That's unbelievable. Um, so I get the gamble on stuff like that. Yes. But if they had played a lot of those guys, I think they would have had a much different season. Yes. So then, getting back to the offensive line, you have Williams as your as your blindside tackle, uh, guard Michael Jordan for now. Then and, center. Uh, what's the what's the 
Xavier Suafilo. Yeah, he'll he'll start. He will start for sure because he's coming from the Cowboys, one of the better offensive lines. I don't know exactly how Suafilo did. I don't pay that much attention to the Cowboys. I just pay attention. Like, every time Sunday Night Football – oh, he's a Cowboys fan? Oh, you got to pee? So I will uh, – because you drink so much fucking – was it whiskey and Coke? Rum. Rum. God damn it. Rum and Coke. That's that's all he fucking drinks is rum and Coke every time we're on the pod. I just had a sweet tea. Um, <laughs> you can listen to Lloyd P. if you want. So the remaining offensive line, you have – I'm just going to get to it. Jonah Williams – as your tackle, uh, Suafilo, and uh, uh, why am I blanking? Uh, Michael Jordan as your guards, Trey Hopkins as your center, who is very solid, and for now, Bobby Hart is your other tackle. Do you want another person to uh, start over Bobby Hart and take his place? Yes, but uh, for now, that's all you got, and your tight end. You remember who the tight end is, Lloyd? Mr. P-Man? Uh, no, the other the, the starting tight end right now is Uzama, who, he's fine. And again, I hate to use the H word again, but you gotta hope that Drew Sample pans out. Because Zach Taylor was adamant about him, like, he fits into our system, he's our guy. We're gonna reach like a motherfucker for him. Are you done peeing, man? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, guys. You look... That's a face of, like, you look very refreshed. I've had to piss for, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tell me, man. You peed during the ad reads. I, you know what? I, I, I'm on my six Roman Coke while we're doing this. Like, Very true. Um, <clears throat> no, I think, uh, I think he will pay him out. I think, uh... Who will, I, Drew Sample? Yeah, I get why. I, I get watching film on him. I, I get why he was Zach's a blocking out. tight end, wasn't he? Yes, but he's also just not been in a system where he gets to do what he can do. Yes, I think he's got that um, Tony Gonzalez type build. Okay, well, like speed wise, Gonzalez was a receiving tight end. Well, I'm saying, I, I think he Gonzalez is also one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end to ever play the game. I think a better example of Witten. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, he's got that blocking base. Yeah. Um, and Witten played forever. So, Tony Gonzalez. I like uh, the Witten comparison you know, actually, better. You know who I, who I. Ryan Hewitt. Okay. Hewitt was doing the fullback tight end split. You never see fullbacks anymore, and that's disappointing. But he was such a good blocker, and then he started being used as a receiver because he had just never been in a system where he was used that way. Yeah. But I, th- I think Zach's got a, 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 a good idea of how to incorporate. That. Yes, he he has so, he's a you, you got to hope like he he talks the talk. You you got to hope he walks the walk because he's gonna get his quarterback project of the future. Because I was talking with Devore before this, but um, Look what happened when he was in St. or not St. Louis, Los Angeles with Jared Goff. He was a mo- like Jared Goff had a phenomenal season. Went to the Super Bowl with Zach Taylor. Yeah, and you remember what happened when Zach Taylor left? Who the fuck is Jared Goff? Right, he did not. He was not like what you would expect. He's not what Jared Goff was. 
And while he still had Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. Well, right. It's, it's not necessarily who you have around you. It's how you're used. Yes. Which is, I think a couple of the free agents that we picked up are people they realize, this guy's been playing for five years. He's never been used the way he should. Yes. That's what, uh, man, here's a good example of, like, Tannehill. Absolutely. Like, he was, like, he was a safe pick out of A&M. He was, like, he was mediocre in Miami. Then all of a sudden, he comes to Tennessee, decent receiver core, one of the best, the, okay, McCaffrey's the best all-purpose back. Best running back, Derrick Henry. Plays for the Titans. Right. So, but you have all those offensive weapons, and all of a sudden, Tannehill is a star. Yeah, it's someone used him for what he's good at. Yes. Which, what is that? I don't pay close enough attention to the Titans to know. Uh, honestly, he was good at, he's able to throw from the pocket. He's able to, if you just give him a... Well, Mariota was a pocket guy, too. Uh, yeah, but he he was slower on yes. release. Tannehill's a guy who's got a quick release. If you give him the four and a half, six and a half seconds to get the ball out of his hand, he's good. Because he's got A.J. Brown deep downfield. Who right. do I think is a number one? I like A.J. Brown, but I don't, I don't know that's sold on him being a number one. Well, like, uh, I'll put it this way. One of the guys everybody loves to death is, uh, is Peyton. Oh, yeah. If you look at Peyton's time in Indianapolis, he had okay. one of the best offensive lines that's ever played football. Jeff Saturday was the anchor of that line. But everyone's like, oh, he's so good. Well, if you average out the time he had per pass for each season he was in Indianapolis, there's not one season he did not have the most time per pass to throw the ball. Well, you got to think, he also was able to throw it to Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. Right, what I'm saying is, is the talent around you matters, but it's also... What's protecting you. Right, if you look at uh, you know, uh, some of the guys that were busts as, as quarterbacks that... I think a great example is Tim Couch. Yeah. That Browns team was garbage from day one. Couch, I, I, again, I go to my grave saying he had a lot of potential to be a good quarterback. If he had been in a system that used someone like him, if he had been in a... Phenomenal. He could have been phenomenal. Seattle, put him in Seattle. He's a, a playoff quarterback. Easily. And Seattle went through a, their fair share of quarterbacks before they got to Hasselbeck, right, and then well, Russell Wilson. Well, I'm just saying, like, he played like Hasselbeck. That's why you see Seattle as the reference. If you put him... If you... Why did I just blank on who we were just talking about? Tim Couch. Yeah. If you put him... If you put him in San Diego instead of Ryan Leaf... Or, uh, fuck it, replace Aaron Rodgers with him. Hmm. They play similar. I remember that Hail Mary he had against New Orleans. That's one of the furthest thrown balls I've ever seen. It was the exact same amount of yardage as the pass that Tom Brady had when he was playing us. And the Bengals were... About to get a sack, they hit him, and he launched a 62-yard pass that hit the receiver in the numbers as he was falling. 
the Same furthest exact distance. The furthest ball I've ever seen thrown was Aaron Rodgers' Hail Mary <sighs> against Detroit. I remember where I was. I, I'll tell you right now. I was in Uncle. I was at Uncle Woody's. It was one of my first nights running karaoke there. I was just like helping a girl with a song. And I was like, I was paying attention to her, and all of a sudden, in the background, oh! And I look over, and Rogers and the Packers are booking it down the field. I took the mic from her and went, "Okay, what just happened? That was the that's one of the best hail marys I've ever seen." So I think the best one I ever saw. And this is, uh, again, going to show the age difference here. Houston Oilers. Holy shit. I think it was uh, Warren Moon, I believe. Incredible quarterback. 72 yards. I think it I might be wrong, but I think that was... Because I had stayed up late. I had to go to school the next day. And me and my dad had bet on the game. And uh, he threw a Hail Mary with like a minute and a half left in the fourth. No shit. It was a, kind of an unexpected Hail Mary. Yeah. <clears throat> they expected him to you know run for like the two yards to get a first down. and then, But he just bombs this crazy, just launches it. And I remember seeing how high it went, where it was when they very first would have the cameras on the ceiling. Like, before they had them on wires and shit. Oh, that's got to be all just breathtaking. And you just see it go outside of the range of the camera. And then they cut to a different shot. And you see it come down like a like a cannonball and hit this receiver on, like, the two-yard line. And he fell and rolled into the end zone. Wow. To win a game. It was the last year the Houston Oilers were a team. Wow. <sighs> Been a long day for you, boy. So I'm a little tired. But yeah, you gotta hope that. Um, you gotta hope that. I mean, because again, Burrow, no trade's gonna happen. He's gonna be. No, a I, I, I don't see anything happening. I think he'll be the guy, and I can definitely appreciate what the Bengals have done to go. Hey, we're gonna try to win. Yes, because they've dra- they signed they shored up the hell out of their defense. They got one linebacker, which you could have gotten them like a. A really good linebacker at a decent asking price. Well, I think I, I think they're relying on the late end of the draft. Like this, again, this is going to be a because again, Geno was a fourth rounder, but then you only get Geno Atkins once a generation. Right. There's what six linebackers in the in the draft right now that are all that, fairly even. That Akeem Davis uh, Gaither guy. I'm I'm hoping he pans out because the Bengals are like super keen on him right now. Yeah, they say, and and he's able to drop back and cover. He, I mean, he could You'll basically play a safety, but he's big enough to play linebacker. I really want to see some of the picks make sense. And and again, when it comes to like Duke Tobin and Chip Morgan, I I believe those guys have their shit together enough. Yes, to, to there are plenty of people in the Bengals organization. Despite what a lot of people would say, like there are plenty of people who are hired full time to be like football executives who have their shit together. It's the guys at the top that make them all look bad. Right. If you look, almost everyone we picked are from their almost every free agent signing is someone who's in their fifth year. Like Suafilo or everyone, DJ Reader, Trey Waynes. Everyone's in their fifth year. 
Trey Wayne scares me a little bit. Why? Because, I mean, it's not him himself. He was expected to get like a year or two contract. Then the Bengals come out, sign it for three years, 42. Yeah, well, That's a lot. Well, they also have a cut, so. Yeah. They have an out in the middle of his contract, so. Okay, but again. Just Trey Wayne saw a shit ton of money, and the Bengals were like, you are going to be the newer, younger, faster Drake Kirkpatrick. And I think he can do that easily. I hope he can too. Yeah, if he, if he just – so what I'm saying, the, the fact that a lot of these guys are fifth here, it's right around the Zach, time Zach Taylor had an opportunity to start having a, cons, uh, a, a say in the draft with teams he was with. I love that because Mike Brown's been so – he was so stuck with Marvin's ways, Marvin's conservative-ass ways for years that Zach Taylor's – like he's an offensive-minded guy. He's an aggressive guy. He knows the fuck out of football. Right, and I think it's all guys that uh, – so – uh, I was watching one YouTube video and, and uh, Tubbins had all these guys on the draft board for potential Bengals picks. Everyone that was signed okay. except for two guys were within the first four rounds potential for Bengals to pick during their drafts. Yeah. And again, realize all but I think two of these guys are fifth year players now. This is our first actual real free agency. Probably I mean, all but two guys are Von Bell. He's fifth fifth year. Okay. Trey Wayne's, I believe, was twenty fifteen. He was drafted. So this this will probably be his sixth season. But you know what I'm saying? Yes, it's yes, yes. Where all these guys were on the radar of Zach Taylor, plus the uh, our new you know, the defensive guy, defensive coordinator. He had the same area of where he really kind of had a, a say in what it was. So I think they're all guys that were on their radars. Yeah. Like drafts. every, it's like everything you, again, you hope is coming together. Pieces are like, pieces are being formed. You're getting your franchise quarterback for ideally 15 or no, he's, I'm going to say, I'm going to give him 12 to 15 years. If, if it pans out. Because you're not going to be like because I've for every for every Patrick Mahomes, you get a Joey Harrington, right? For every who's a good example, you have to be doing the Drew Brees route, not the. Well, Drew Brees was a second rounder. No, I'm saying you have to go. I'm saying here's a per- career traje- trajectory. Here's a perfect example for every Peyton Manning. You have a Ryan Leaf. Peyton Manning was number one. Leaf was number two. Right. I'm saying that Peyton was given golden treatment first day in. So I have a hard time making that comparison. Well, also. He's not coming into the best line that's ever existed. Well, also, the Colts, I believe, went 3-13 his rookie year. So here's one thing I'll also say. The last time the Bengals drafted a quarterback first overall was Carson Palmer. Right. In 2003. Didn't even play his first year. Remember that 2005 team? Oh, yeah. Filthy. So good. They were a Carson Palmer knee injury away from going to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Like, you gave you gave Carson Paul, you gave Carson a year to, to learn on the bench. Which, do you do that with Burrow? I'm not sure. Probably not. Because Dalton might be gone. You can't. 
But then he played a year. It went eight and eight, I believe. The next year, 2005 came and just pieces started forming. You got, you had fucking David Pollock and Odell Thurman on defense, who Thurman was a goddamn stud. But, I mean, Chris Henry was the, the workhorse of the team that never got the, the love best, The best WR3 in football at the time. He should have been a, any other team, he would have been WR1. Yeah. He was unbelievable. God rest his soul. Yeah, but, so, I don't know that Burrow's going to walk into that within a year or two. If the wide receiver core stay, stays healthy, it's, <laughs> every position every wide receiver position is perfect the way it is but if one guy gets hurt it's fucked the one exception is either boyd or odd and tate see that's where i go i think either of those guys could fill in for the other yes exactly that's why i say that because like when aj green got hurt tyler boyd was your number one because he was number one at pittsburgh yeah boyd was your number one tate was in the slot and then ross was your deep threat now you have A.J. Green, number one, Tyler Boyd in the slot, John Ross is your deep threat, and Auden Tate and Alex Erickson are X-Factors. I bet you That's Boyd, solid as hell. I bet you Boyd gets to move over to two. He is the two. No, I'm saying I don't think he'll be in the slot. I think he'll be the other deep side threat. Then Tate's the slot? <clears throat> no, uh, what's the guy they just uh, picked up in free agency? Mike Thomas. I bet you he's going to be our slot guy. If they play him the way he's a big body dude who takes hits well, I think they know what they're doing with that. I think he's going to be the guy to – he's going to be their short yardage receiver. That's what Auden Tate was for a little bit. Right, but I think Tate's much more valuable as an outside threat. I see. And then you have a guy like Ross. You line Ross up in the running back position – He'll be like a Deshaun Jackson type player, which I was horny for Deshaun Jackson when he came out of college. I'm like, I wanted the Bengals to draft Deshaun Jackson so bad. But picture Ross and his role. He can do it. Which Burrow has the ability, which Dalton didn't have, which which you want if you have a deep threat. A quarterback has to be able to hit a wide receiver in stride. And he has to be able to extend the play with his legs. Yes. And Burrow has the ability to do that. And if and if you have if you use Burrow's strengths on John Ross, he takes off. Right. No pun intended. He becomes your Z. He becomes your, your third yeah. long guy. And potentially this the the heir to AJ Green's throne. I think um well, I think Tyler Boyd might be that. I think the next round of receivers that come in, because of how many guys that they've, how many guys, how many guys that have switched from wide receiver, cornerback, back to wide receiver in college the past few years. Uh, there's a dozen guys you could mention that have played both sides now. Uh, I think you're gonna have one of the best. Maybe a year, two years from now, I think you're going to have one of the best receiving cores we've seen in decades. The one guy that's jumping out at me, it's it's kind of a random one, but Chris Gamble. Do you remember him? He played – I mean, I used to be a big Ohio State fan. I'm not really an Ohio State fan anymore. 
but he was a uh, one. He was a, a cornerback for Ohio State. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, he was drafted by Carolina, and I can't get this goddamn puzzle piece in. Uh, that just, I'm, not, I'm gonna assume that doesn't fit. But uh, fuck that puzzle piece. Uh, fuck the Breakfast Club. Well, love the back Breakfast Club, but also, um, what were we talking about before we got sidetracked with puzzles? Guys are switching back and forth. So uh, there's a kid at Oregon right now who he's played. Okay. He's played wide receiver, cornerback, and safety in different games in 2017 or 2018, 2019. I feel like you see that a lot with um, <coughs> those guys become cornerbacks. I feel like, but. He moved back to receiver. Oh, here's a... Was Devin Hester ever a cornerback? Yeah, well, he was... No, he was a strong safety. Okay. And if he had... If anyone had the sense to go, this should be a receiver... Because they never really let him return punts and stuff when he was in college until, like, his... Beginning of his senior year. Then all of a sudden he's like, oh, he's going to be the best ever at this. <clears throat> right. So that's something they misused him for a while. But, like, uh, that kid from Oregon, I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, Mick kid, real tall. <clears throat> but he's uh, he's played both sides. Uh, is it Cliff Hicks? I, I couldn't tell you his name. I, I, if you showed me a picture, I could tell you who it was. There was also D'Anthony Thomas in the past. But... He's got that, like, Hopkins kind of style. Oh, Cliff Hicks was from 2011. My bad. Uh, He's got that Hopkins kind of, like, reach and jump style of catching when he was playing receiver. And he's got that kind of... I know this won't be a popular way of saying it, but, like, like Marvin White, like, head-hunting safety. Like your your John Lynch. But meaner. Jack Tatum. Not a bad call. Yeah, it's closer. The Assassin. Like a, pic- a picture of someone had put Hushmanzada where he belonged. Hushmanzada should have been a safety. Okay. By the way, did you see that meme of, um, there was a meme that said, uh, the Wi-Fi password is is on the back of the router, but then the picture below, it's like the Wi-Fi password was, like, it just showed a picture of TJ Hushmanzada. Yeah. And, and, it's so funny. I think there's a bunch of people out there like me who saw how he played and went, why isn't he hitting people for a living? Oh, man. Like, there was something in TJ, especially with because he was frustrated with the Bengals organization for a bit. He wanted to beat the shit out of some motherfuckers. He could have been a Palomalu. That would have been fun to see. But he, the money for him was to, to be a slot receiver. Yeah. Like, Marvin White should have been a receiver who played strong safety because he just liked hitting people too much. Marvin Jones? Marvin White. Okay. Could, could be a, a few different... years back on the Bengals. But okay. If you watch some of the hits he laid on people, he was not the best safety by any means. Yeah. But he played strong safety in a few games, and the hits he laid out on people were... Like a TJ Ward. Worse. Meaner. Okay. Like, he hit people like he wanted them to not play again. <laughs> uh, so, like, like Greg Williams was his defensive coordinator? Bounty gate. All right, but if you could take the way that Warren Sapp ran. Okay. The way he, like, went into people. That's how Marvin played safety. Fuck yeah. 
Like, he was just mean. Okay. And I think TJ had that in him. He just couldn't do it. Because he, he was just a receiver, and that's where the money is. I think he, no, I think Martin should have been a receiver. But he, he just liked hitting people too much. He stayed at safety. Once he got a chance to play in college, he stayed there. He was a receiver before that, and he was good. But you find a position that works for you, and you're just like, all right, I guess I'm a wide receiver. I guess I'm a safety. I think he just liked hitting people too much to to give it up. Yeah. Whereas I think Hushmanzada was the opposite. He should have been a Palomalu-type free safety. I see Hushmanzada would – I think he's too small to be a strong – he was too small to be a strong safety. No, but he would have made a great free safety. Phenomenal free safety. And I think he would have been – way better utilized that way. Same way I think that Kirkpatrick should have been... He should have been pushed further back. He shouldn't He shouldn't have played the way he did. He wasn't a tackler. Right. He was a cover corner. He's not a tackler. There's no other position right, you can but, play that, that means like, hey, there's no other position that Drake or Patrick could play besides cornerback. He could have played free safety just fine. Could you, could you cover being a... Um, duh, but... He's faster than everyone on the field. You love that. He could have been. I also think a free safety has to have the ability to tackle. Right. Well, all right. Well, I mean, look at Rob Wilson. There's a handful of guys who weren't great tacklers that were good at what they did. If you'd played him that way, played him the way he was, the way he played the game. And that's where I feel like certain players on the Bengals have always been misused. Okay. You know I mean, like, uh, Dahani Jones should have been a defensive end. Yeah. He should have been your... Instead, he was an outside linebacker. Right. He should have been your third down defensive end. Yeah, that rules. Um, who else is misused? I feel like the guys that are misused are the guys that, like, go to different teams and just destroy. Rex Burkhead. Yeah, that's the guy I was thinking of. Rex Burkhead. Um... Any bangle that becomes a Patriot that's not named Jeremy Hill, but um, well, he also fucked himself up jet skiing or some type I don't shit. Fucking no. <clears throat> but um, yeah, no, like Rex Burkhead was he 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 he's a great example for that. Was Carson Palmer? Palmer when he went to Arizona, they actually started building an offense around a quarterback who knew how to be a quarterback. Palmer just had a great deep ball, and, and it's like, hey, we'll give you Larry Fitzgerald, but if you want to throw a deep, we'll give you John Brown. Uh, again, I think it wasn't so much his ability to throw that deep ball as it was them playing an offense that fit how he played. Yeah, and now they had to switch from Carson Palmer, who's like really a pocket guy, to Cliff Kingsbury's system, which is headlined by Kyler Murray, who is a mobile as fuck quarterback who also has a gun. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a a, a coach and an offensive coordinator that knows how to use what they have. Yes, and to me, that's the like that's why Seattle's been good. Hasselbeck shouldn't have been a household name. <laughs> no, I, you're right. He, but they realize, okay, this is a pocket guy, only a pocket guy. So they build an offensive line around him that made him look. Better than he was at everything. And I think it's what happened with uh, Peyton in Indianapolis. Yeah. Brady? No, I think Brady's the opposite. I think Brady's a guy that you don't have to play to his strengths. He's just, he can do all of it. 
Brady and like your your Tom Brady's and your Drew Brees, I feel like they have the same quality that Joe Burrow has, which is like qualities that you just can't coach. Hopefully, yes. I just don't have enough data on Burrows to feel confident in that. Like again, I would much rather much rather Tua. Again, Billy brought this up too because Tua had his hip or had his hip fucked in college. When you fuck up your hip, it's like it's a game changer. Like remember Bo Jackson? I do very much. Yeah, the you remember who screwed up his hip? Um, uh, I do. I can't think of his name. Uh, no, it was just, it was just the Bengals. Who gives a shit? I'm trying to do to hit him though. Uh, I uh, I believe you. Ah, goddamn. Yeah, uh, no, but from every report on Tua right now, he's he's going to be a monster. Again, you you don't want to see a bust. I don't. I just, I, and again, if Burrow had a couple of seasons that he could do what he did as a senior, I, I would be much more comfortable. But it was just that one. You know, it, and I get that I'm being conservative-ish about this, but that's just how my my head works. Alright. I, I can't find... Uh, I can't find who injured. <clears throat> but I am glad to see them going out in free agency. I'm glad to see them trying to... to yeah. Do what they operate outside of their norm yeah, to like, try and make it a much more comfortable situation for bros to come bro yeah. to come into. Yeah, because the article that popped up was uh, Bo Jackson and Tua Tagovailoa suffered the same injury. And it's like way different ages though. The what age? Yeah, very different. But it's like remember, I mean, and also you got to consider that Bo Jackson is the best athlete to ever walk this planet. Right, and Bo Jackson also was playing. Two sports, yes, and coaching Olympians. It fucked his. It kind. It fucked his football career fully. It also kind of fucked his baseball career. He could still play baseball, but not to the freakish ability that he used to. Be right, able but to. he was uh, realized at that time he was also coaching Olympians in track. So he didn't have an off season at all. Yeah. Like it's the the opposite of the Herschel Walker mentality. You know, Herschel Walker's whole thing was play the hardest you can for this amount of time, recover for the rest. Bo didn't have a downtime; he didn't have a recovery period at all. So every injury he took was just cumulative at that point. Okay. Every single bump, bruise, scrape, he never had a downtime to let shit heal. Yes. So, you know, football as a professional. Baseball as a professional. Coaching. You, you just got to hope that Tua's injury doesn't fuck him over. All right, so I'll put it this way. I fractured my hip bone at 21. Okay, and, and you're also, no offense, not a professional athlete. No, no, no. What I'm saying is the difference. Uh, I fractured my hip bone at 21. Okay. And it slowed me down for about four months. Okay. I was doing kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, it derailed me for four months. Okay. When I had a back surgery and they had to take a bone out of my hip in 2010. Totally different thing. Way less of an injury, way more of an impact. Yeah. Because I was just a little bit older that... Yeah. 
couldn't bounce back the same way. Yeah. So I, I, I think age plays a big difference in that. Well, yeah, because like you break your, it's like you break your arm. You break your arm at nine, you're fine in six months. Right. You break your arm at twenty-seven, who knows? Yeah, it's a two and a half years before it's, everything's back to, and that's yeah, just like the coronavirus. Go back. Hey, look at him. He's still a comic, <sighs> top to bottom. Uh, thanks, buddy. I miss it so much, and it'll happen again, and I know it will. I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. We've gone what? We're at kind of the hour, almost hour fifty-five mark. Yeah, we should probably uh, yeah, we should, we should wrap this up because I am tired <laughs> as all fuck. And we've been talking Bengals for so long. Uh, we have no plugs besides we have no plugs. Uh, no, check out the zoo's Instagram. Cincinnati Zoo on Instagram. Um, check out. Try and find your local comics and see what they're doing. Yes. With the Instagram. And here's what. Here's something I'll plug. Cincinnati Comedy on Venmo. Absolutely. Yes, because Lee Kimbrell started it. Phenomenal comic. One of the best human beings I've ever met. I've never seen Lee and not wanted to hug him. Yes. Like, Lee, Lee, Wycuff, and Billy are the three guys, like... And Phil Pointer. Phil, who had a great, great post about people showing up to Easter with their masks. <sighs> Phil's my dude. He's so good. He's... I love Phil to death. We fuck with each other all the time. He's such a lovable guy. He's the best. But... Uh, so, Cincinnati Comedy on Venmo was started by Lee Kimbrell. Just, like... Comics, like, right now are, like, kind of struggling to pay their bills. So if you have, like, an extra $10, have an extra $5, have whatever you can pay. Donate to at Cincinnati Comedy on Venmo. Comics who are, like, are kind of out of work right now, they'll help, they'll, the, it'll help them. It'll give them the income they need to do you know, they Everybody's need to trying to weather a storm right now. Like, yeah. if you have it, you know what I mean? Like, uh... I'm lucky that both of my jobs are still functioning. Because I've been landscaping with my dad for the past month. Right. And, and I'm and very thankful that that's a thing. You know, I, I'm a, I work at the zoo. Those greedy-ass animals want to eat every day, so I have to show up every day. Yeah, it's like Greg Giraldo's old joke. Like, having a kid is tough because you got to feed them almost every day, and you got to... And then uh, the guy I work for doing electric work and rehabbing apartments, he's doing a lot of, like... Uh, government subsidized housing stuff and uh, so yeah. that's still considered essential so both of my jobs are still going fine and I've because uh, like me personally I lost all my DJ work I lost my trivia work I lost my substitute teaching work so it's just me with my dad right now so yeah I, I, I genuinely do feel really lucky and oh, I my do past two paychecks I've taken a quarter of them and donated them to different things like uh, my last paycheck I gave a bunch to the, the, a program that's Sending meals to to elementary school kids that would normally get free lunch yeah. and whatever. Buddy of mine is uh, that's what he's doing during all of this. He's, he's yes. shifted gears and done that, and it's it's great. It's the best. Like I've donated a ton to Cincinnati Comedy. So yeah, if you have that, like if you're able to work from home right now, or if you're an essential essential employee, God, I can't talk apparently. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Try and find either your your. Musicians you like, comics you like, anyone right now who relies on people being able to go out and do things. Do shit and have a good time. 
You know what I mean? Uh, like, I'm... I'm ordering food only from places around me down here in Northside right now. I've gotten so much fucking GoPuff and Uber Eats and... I don't... I've... I think probably 10 out of the last 14 days I've ordered food. Oh, oh, me... I'm at that ratio, too. But I, I alternate between, like, Tickle Pickle, Chameleon... Yeah. Northside Yacht Club? Maybe not Yacht Club, but that's important. Whatever. It's all right. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, you know, I keep going down and, and getting some... Uh, if you've never been to Happy Chicks Bakery... That's where Holinsky works. Yeah, uh, that's my friend's... My friend Jana runs it, and it's... That is where Holinsky works, right? Yeah. Okay. It's one of the most amazing... As far as... Holinsky, Mike Holinsky is a fucking delight. He's one of my favorite. I, I've, uh, He's also a person I can just go up and hog and and blow and. <laughs> and uh, no, I love that dude. No, uh, like I've messaged uh, Joe Mesa uh, multiple times. Like I, I, I legit think about those guys. I know how much going out means to them. I know how much. It means everything to everyone. Being involved. I'll in tell you something. I'll tell you messaging things I did recently too. But you can go ahead. No, go finish up. Finish how up. much they go out and are just around the people in Northside, and how much they are loved down here. Yes. That I, me who I'm not real big into like you know, emotions or caring or yeah, that's all just. Is that like an Asperger's thing or not or like a high functioning neo? Whatever it is, yes. neo non typical. Yeah, emotions are gross to me. I don't. I'm an emotional that. guy, so I'm like. Yeah, you're on the opposite end of me. Yes. So. I'm like I'm like girls, and my life is over, and I'm sad, and right where I'm like, yeah, I'm getting fat, but fuck it, you'll still like. Me. I don't <laughs> give a shit. I don't. My goal for the quarantine is to at the very because like I've been like I've been working out. So my goal is to, and I have been doing this, is to maintain my weight. Uh, mine is not that. <laughs> I have eaten ice cream every day for the past ten <laughs> days at least. Yeah, I've been I've been luckily able to maintain my weight, and I feel okay about that. I uh, my goal right now is to make sure that Party Source keeps enough Sailor Jerry in stock that <laughs> I go down. I'm literally holding up a bottle in front of Alex right now that... <laughs> it's empty, pretty it's much. It's damn near empty, but it was half full when we started this podcast. <laughs> Have you needed to drink it just to get through to talking to me? No, no, no. It, this is just how I'm quarantining. This is, this is my sh- social distancing. Yep. You can tell because I just fucked up the word social and social distancing. Yep. We just hit the two-hour mark, by the way. All right. Yeah, we're, no, 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 you're good. This is too much of listening to us. On. But yeah, because no, no. like we're 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 sad. We haven't really I been able to go out. Think about guys like Joe and Mike Holinsky. And I yeah. think about people like Lee who watching Lee at the hub is watching a dude who is who loves what he does and so thrilled that people give a shit. Yes, so genuinely what invested Lee... in that people care. What I what I've noticed that Lee does <clears throat> at the hub. Is that he's pretty much given everyone their own hub persona. 
and he had, but it's it's like brutal. Phil Pointer is the first is the Cincinnati's only French comedian, Philippe Pointier. That's fucking great. Bridgie Bridgie Den Dens for Bridget Denman. Yeah, that's great. Also, Bridget Denman just props on all the art stuff she's I been doing. I threw her thirty five bucks for a drawing for for a drawing. God damn it, drawing. Yes. Can I throw her an extra ten bucks for grammar Fucking lessons? Up her name. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, it's funny how much comics and musicians have been on my mind during all this. Yeah, like they're all coming together and and just like trying to trying to stay afloat. Yeah. So if you have the opportunity, find your favorite local band, find a local comic. Me. Throw, no, I'm good. Throw them something. You know, you got it. Fucking, you know, maybe one day instead of getting a steak, get a get some, you know, some nuggies from McDonald's and throw a comic yeah. five extra bucks here and there. These people, they want to know that there's like people still care about them because it's not just like economic; it's mental too. Because like, I'm I live by myself right now, and I can only video message Allison once every few days because I don't, I don't want to I did I just don't want to bug the shit out of people no I'm, I'm looking at people like uh, yeah, V.A. Bennett one of my favorite former people. host of the podcast <clears throat> but I look at V.A.'s post and I can tell sometimes that it, this is really bugging him it's getting to people but he's also so willing to be positive and happy during it that if I had a way to throw him I hand, you know, a little bit of money here and there. You're good. I would do it. And uh, I genuinely do hope that maybe uh, some of the comics around here will put together some some pay-to-play shows and, and put them out. And, and I hope you guys really do participate with that. Like, yeah. uh, shop local. Go to the places you like. Yeah. Support the people that need it right now. I mean, like, I'm I'm... Working. I knew I was going to get a piece by the end of this. See, yes! We're the new Puzzle Buddies. Yes, we're the new Puzzle Fuck Buddies. That weird Continue. Man. Continue. <clears throat> yeah, I was off on my you know, soapbox right yeah. there. But yeah, just really do try and remember that some of these people that have local businesses or are artists or whatever, and this time this is, this is rough. Especially, I mean, everyone too, but like especially places that, hold, that let us do comedy. Absolutely. For example, the hub, the hub, Fireside Pizza, phenomenal. Like that's where the first time Allison and I hung out. That's like where um, I got pizza from. Was Fireside Pizza? It was great. And then we had, um, and then you have like Chameleon. Yeah, like Nick Mitchell over there. Rules. Like they, you know, they want to start having comedy over there. They want. They want to turn that place into a comedy club. Right. Which and and they literally were. So sweet about the way they even thought that out that they didn't want to. They, they don't want to like alienate what they already have, but they're like, "Hey, comedy is working for us." Well, not only that, but they didn't want to put any pressure on Go Bananas or whatever. They're like, "Hey, you know, the guys that just want to do one night, we'll have that." Just the way they went about it was so considerate and sweet that oh it my, doesn't even go against Taft's. Yeah, Nick's Nick's such a. I love that dude, especially when he shit on Top Cats. That was really fun. Yeah, Nick and Emily are they're, they're who should be adore a power them both. Couple. Right? You know, I mean, they should be a power couple in the city. But they are. 
<clears throat> so, yeah, I know I'm off on a weird soapbox yeah. tangent, but yeah. really do pay attention to some of those support and places reach, that you really like to go and reach out to reach out to people. See, like how I mean, not like, uh, girl, you want to virtually bang? No, but yeah, like some of your people to go in the opposite direction. Some of your friends that are essential workers right now that are. They're on the front lines. This is this is not easier. Like my job has gotten considerably more difficult. Yeah, we have to split up the workloads, and we have to change it in a way where I'm doing way more than I used to do. Yes, and it's I mean it's literally me getting there at six a.m. and rush, 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 rush until the end of the day. Yeah, but I'm grateful for it because you. This is like a crazy time and. But I, I, I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day, and she said that a bunch of her friends reached out and were like, hey, we, we hope everything is going well for you. And she's like, it really did change the direction of her mood. Yeah. Like, it took her from depressed like, to, like, feeling like she was doing something valuable. Yeah. So reach out to the people you know that are still going to work. Really, really reach out to the people that you know rely on people to go out. You know, Alex, like you said, you, you, your DJ gigs are what? They're all gone. They're gone. That's a whole section of your one. Th- okay, so not there. Yeah, like one thing I did because my Saturday night gig at Milano's at UD is, and I'm gonna. I've said this. I love comedy. That's my favorite night of the week, and I lost that for the year, and I didn't really get a chance to like say goodbye to like a lot of the people. Granted, they're younger than me. Who fucking cares? I loved the shit out of those people. I told 21-year-old girls that I loved them, and I fucking meant it. Right, and if someone right now... And it's not in the, like, hey, let me fuck your brain talking. Like, no, like, I I want the best for you. The what? I don't think anyone listening to this would think that of me. Yeah. No, I'm just like, I will show you a text message right now, like, I love you a lot, and I want, I wish we could reconnect later in life. But, you know, instead of watching that third season for the third time of fucking the office or whatever yeah awful fucking whatever like if you're watching friends right now instead of taking <laughs> open mics then you deserve to die <laughs> you deserve to die of a covid19 death yeah if you're watching the office or friends for the fourth time instead of checking out what people are actually trying to survive with go yeah. fuck yourself with a cactus right <laughs> up the ass like like uh I will say, like, speaking of reaching out, like, one thing I did, and I kind of embarrassed the shit out of myself in a way, was, um, so when I was in high school, I was kind of a piece of shit. Not like I wasn't, like, getting in, like, I wasn't, like, committing crimes. I was just, like, I lacked complete self-awareness, and I made, like, a lot of jokes that I shouldn't have. Like, I pissed off a lot of people. So one thing I did, I did this quarantine was it kind of started with one girl, but I made amends for that. I made amends for that. Like, I reached out to the people... That I'm like, hey, I fucked up, and I did a lot of shit that I shouldn't have done. I made a lot of jokes that I shouldn't have. It started with one girl I went to high school. Her name was Emily. She invited me to, like, her and her boyfriend, fiance, whatever it was, um, they're going to be like, however much you guys donate, we're going to match it up to $500. I got invited to that, donated a little bit. She was like, thank you, Alex. I'm like, no problem. So I'm like, now's a good time to, like, Hey, follow that up with a, hey, I fucked up a lot, and I'm sorry. And I reached out, and she was like, she was like, yeah, I appreciate it so much, and 
sending positive vibes your way, and it was the best. Did that another time, it went great. Third time, I sent a message. I, I literally knew this girl when I was seven years old. I got left on fucking red. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I just figured out what that meant a few weeks ago. Getting left on red? Yeah. Really? Do you know how much I don't care about somebody? <laughs> it literally took my daughter going, oh, that's what that means. Because someone got mad at me for it. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck is this? And she was like, oh, when you don't. I was like. When you read a message and don't respond to it. Yeah, which is 95% of the messages I get. And the other 5% are messages I send you. You're like, hey, let's do this podcast. And you're like, all right. Yeah, I said, maybe 2%. The other 3% are my kid going, hey. Yeah. I always respond to her. Everyone else, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> but, no, yeah, I, I, again, without sounding preachy, like, uh, there's a handful of musicians I really... I, I really enjoy what they do. Mishka Shubali, Bird Cloud, that Juan, I, uh, Juan Cosby, that I yeah that I, I I signed up for their Patreon just during this because yeah they can't tour they can't do what they do yeah and they can't make that extra money like this is a, like for me comedy is a side hustle DJing is a side hustle right and, and I'm it's like I enjoy it a lot and I miss what I do. Not only that, but you know, there, there's a lot of people that that was part of their income. It was part of how they paid their That's how I paid my bills! So... It was trivia and DJing. And not, I get to work for my dad. I'm very lucky. I make enough money that I can pay my bills. I paid off my car insurance for the next few months, so I feel good. But, you know, if you have a local business around you go there and uh, especially that. if it's a local business that you're a regular at like hey even if you're not no no, no even if you're not a regular yeah even oh well, right yeah now, even. You, bob evans doesn't need your fucking money right now yes they do fuck outback off. doesn't need your money right now okay time out outback was my high school job i will destroy a blooming onion right no, in no, front no, of no. your face that's my point the other day i wanted a steak <laughs> I wanted a steak, and I, and I I was gonna order from Outback on DoorDash. And I went, let me see if lo- anyone local has a steak. <clears throat> and I ordered something from a, a, a place up the street from me, and it was great. It was great. It was of course it is. That being but, said, will I destroy a, a bloomin' onion in front of your face? Yes, I will. I'll fuck a bloomin' onion on a national television. <laughs> <laughs> They're they're one of the most delicious things that's ever been created by humankind. It's, it's so good. It, it, every time somebody goes like, "Oh, I don't vaccinate my kids," I have to like in my head go, "Blooming onions exist. <laughs> it's still it's, it's still ah. existing." Okay, onions. so and, okay, so at least we're on the same page. <laughs> yes, they're literally one of my favorite things you could ever get me. It's uh, brilliant. Like, uh, there's a girl I dated. I, I went on, like four dates with her. Okay, but. My birthday happened to fall in the area where we're... T- and she got me a Bloomin' Onion and a bottle of Sailor Jerry. And then made me... She cooked one of the venison steaks I had. And I was just like, I'm gonna put a baby in you. Like, not really. I'm, I have a vasectomy. I can't. But it was so, like, dialed in of, like, Bloomin' Onion rum steak. That's like the way to a man's heart. You just summed me up. Like you just <laughs> you just went for some he went to Jared shit. Like <laughs> She went to Outback. <laughs> yeah. It, it, 
so yeah, I'm on your page with that. But like I said, support day, local. The other day, I I wanted a steak, and it very easily could have been, "Hey, blooming onions are fucking amazing. Let me get some Outback." Yeah. Outback doesn't need my money right this minute. Outback will be there. I'm gonna I'm gonna post that on Snapchat if you saying I, I would fuck a blooming onion on national TV. Here we go. I'll, I'll get to it later. But uh, that also is a very funny picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look like someone who would fuck a blooming onion. <laughs> 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 oh goddamn it! So, so we yeah. so we digress. Yes. Support local. Support DoorDash. Tip the shit out of your DoorDash drivers because they're out there. Again, and you have to say this at a time like this, they're risking their lives just so you can get your fat ass some food. Yeah, right now my average tip is 40%. Oh, I'm like... So I mean, just in case you want to feel bad about yourself, understand that I work for a non-profit. Yes. I do not make the money that... And right now my average... I'm going about 40% on tips from DoorDash. Oh, 100%. <clears throat> like, I'm having, having to enter custom amounts for the tip every time. <laughs> so I'm going to post that. Said I would fuck a Bloomin' Onion on national TV. <laughs> I like that the gut's right above the table. <laughs> like, like, the it's so good. I'm not even mad about it. <laughs> Yes. I feel like it'll provide for some good quarantine content. Absolutely. A hundred percent. If I can make someone happy for a minute, um, I'm on board. <laughs> so, oh, again, it's... check out everybody's podcast, Puzzle Buddies. It's the longest plug Bumble. segment we've ever had. And there are there's nothing to plug besides, like, podcasts. Like, okay, so let's list them off. New Nasty Boys, Rumble Lips, JTC. Uh, cookies for breakfast that's Spark Tabor's podcast absolutely yeah that's another one that crushes Puzzle Buddies I haven't listened to it yet it's good so what's the concept I don't even want to try to I don't want to try to do the concept just check it I I will it's it's good I assure Um, you it's good I, I don't, I'm not denying that it's one of those things where if I try to explain it I feel like I'm only gonna yeah flavor it either Positive or negative for people. Yeah. So it's. I, I um, love Spark to death. He's been nothing but Sparks a and, sweetheart to He's me. another comic slash DJ. Sparks, uh, Sparks just a good dude. He really is. He's never been anything but nice to me. Despite the fact I'm not a comic. I'm always around all the comics, whatever. Yeah. But he's never had that hesitation for a second that a lot of other people do where he's just like, oh, okay, you get what this is? Then we're on the same team. Yep. I love those people. That's like, uh, you've met Stacy and Billy, haven't you? Yeah. I love those people. Absolutely. Billy is like one of my, my go-to people to be like, hey, I'm talking to a new girl right now. How's it going? And she's like, how's it going? I'm like, it's going good. If it goes good enough. First of all, if it goes good enough, Billy Mueller is going to be the first person I ever introduce her to because Billy, like, adores me. See, this is where I feel like you're flexing in the wrong fashion. What do you what mean? You do is go as soon as the zoo's back open. Let's go feed an elephant. You 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 can hook me up with a free pass, can't you? My guy. Got you, Bubba. Oh, I appreciate you. Yeah, let's go feed an elephant. Can we meet a monkey? I want to meet a monkey. I still want to. I have yet to meet a monkey, and I want to I so bad. There's certain things I can say out loud, and certain things I can't. 
I get your drift. There's some there's some winks and some nods involved in the <laughs> of the situation. So, all right, uh, yeah, ask Logan. Yeah, Logan, Logan, lots of fervor. So yeah, we wow. Um, we really went deep. We went deep in some plugs, man. Just support local. Do what you can. Um, quarantine. Screw quarantine. Yeah, fuck this shit. Yeah. Um, Lloyd Johnson. I think we only have one thing left to say. Fuck, fuck you, quarantine. We, we like, like the Bengals. Bengals. What, man? Also, thank you, Bubba. I appreciate you still doing this. Appreciate you. Fuck you. We like the Bengals.